Mike has left me standing so tall. Dun, dun, gold, gold. Oh, yeah. Always believe yeah, in go. your soul. There we go, yeah. You've got the power, power to know. No. You're indestructible. Always believe in. Cause you go, go. I'm glad that you're bound to return. There's nothing I could have learned. You're indestructible. Always believe in. That fucking song, and I'm not making that up. The lyrics go. <laughs> Sorry for the chairs that are worn. These are my salad days. What the fuck was Spandau Ballet thinking? I don't know. He's probably on a lot of cocaine. Oh, like <laughs> I fucking should be for doing this bullshit <laughs> podcast. That's funny. That reminds me of um, you ever listen to Ramstein? Oh Ramstein? yeah, do Hust. There's uh, not do Hust. Uh, Stripped. Yes. 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 It, like this is. I think this is one of my favorite lyrics ever. Yeah. I'm gonna read some do to it, you man. Do it, because do it. it's just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Come with me into, into the, the trees. trees. We'll lay, lay on the, the grass, grass and let hours pass. pass. Take my hand, come Come back back to to the the land, land. let's Let's get get away, just for one day, let me see you stripped. (laughs) It's brilliant, it's the the best, just, I mean, any German band doing a song in English is just brilliant in general. Yeah, and just with that filthy German accent as well. Rammstein are awesome though, Yeah, you know, funny story about Rammstein, actually, uh... When I was in high school, uh, I think it was like year, 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 yeah, must have been like year, yeah, year eight or year nine or mm. year nine or something like that. We had to ch- uh, choose a, a language to to study, and uh, you chose German. Well, <laughs> I chose German not because of Ramstein. I never heard of Ramstein. I wasn't really into like heaps heavy music back then. There was just some mm. some girl that I had a crush on. As you do. Uh, yep. So you learned German for porn. Yes. Yeah. And I thought <laughs> my my plan was okay. You know, I'd, I'd studied like Japanese. Mm. Uh, I didn't really care about it. Sorry. sorry I, I, I mostly studied Japanese for the similar sort of reason. But anyway, yeah. continue. So, uh, you know, I, I my, my plan, I don't know why this worked. Like, you know, the 14 year old, like horny kid's mind mm. is, oh yeah, you know, there's this girl. I've never ever spoken to her, but I'm going to just, you know, just choose German, uh, <laughs> yeah. sit next to her, and I'm just going to impress her, and then that's it. Like, yeah. I saw it. She was so hot. Fuck she was like a really popular, popular kid. Mm. Anyway, I go there. Uh, like I sit next to her it's like the first day of class or something like that. And she's like, who the fuck are you? Uh, it didn't go so well. I was like, fuck now I've like committed to two years of German. <laughs> I was like, I'm an Indian kid from Cherry Brook. That's now stuck in German. How has this happened? Anyway, ended up being a, such a great decision because mm. because I actually didn't care about her anymore mm. after that. I actually became good at it. Yeah, fuck and that bitch. Yeah, yeah, and I uh, I ended up learning German. I eventually, on the back of that, uh, lived in Germany on school exchange, mm. and uh, I had this host family there. I've been there seven times now. I actually still speak German. I practice it uh, as much as I can. Not bad and for an Indian kid from Cherry. Yeah, not, not, bad, not so man. bad, huh? Not so bad. Yeah. Jesus but, Christ. Uh, mm. But yeah, German, it's so weird. People can, they don't assume, uh, or it's just really weird when they know that I can speak German, and it was literally because I had this crush on this, oh, no, like, some... on this girl. Uh, and then from that, you know, like, I, I and Ramstein was great because I would, 
I would uh, listen to the lyrics in German yep. and translate them. <clears throat> and the funny thing is the songs are tough, right? Like mm, even yep. Du Hast, yeah, du tough Hast. song, right? Mm. But when you actually listen to the lyrics... They're quite simple. This, they're they're lo- like weird love songs. Mm. Like Du Hast, like yep. it's literally you, you have... <laughs> You've questioned me. You've questioned me, and I have not replied. <laughs> that's the that's the song. That's I always the like their, I like I always like their self titled song. It goes, Ramstein. Yeah, yeah. Ramstein. I love fucking Ramstein. I think my favorite Ramstein song is called Zwitter, which is like hermaphrodite, and it's about this guy that like is in love with himself and wants to fuck himself like constantly, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a great, and it's like this dirty Euro trash. It's like I fucking. Love Ramstein. Yeah. They're so amazing. Zwitter. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We should introduce this Indian from Cherrybrook. Please, please. Let's do it. <laughs> this is Invert the Why, the only podcast sponsored by their mother and the only podcast that is powered by the love of fairy bread and waffles, and we can't fucking make our mind up. This is episode Stardate Log 12.1.5, and the USS fucking Invert the Why's gone on to another class M planet of fucking bullshit and retrodom and fucking God knows what else. And we got a very special guest. He might be an Indian from Cherry Book, but we got Nuka Neil here. <laughs> Up. Like fucking Fallout, Nuka, Nuka fucking Neil. That's what I thought yeah. of. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the introduction, Mr. Alex Jones. Interdimensional <laughs> 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 aliens have come. Yeah, I I thought so. I thought so. I, well, you know, some days I do rant quite a bit, but it's because of the fucking coffee. You saw yeah. how much coffee I'm drinking. Yeah, these that's days. a that's a big cup. I can do it. It's I can do it. definitely it feed the whole family of four in mm. yeah somewhere. Nervous Nafe defined it as a, a cauldron. Yeah, he said it was a cauldron. He says you're drinking yeah. a cauldron. Yeah. But I don't give a fuck. Like, Sex cauldron? I, shut, I thought they shut that place down. Not with me, mate. You know your story about the girl the girl you tried to impress? Yeah. I tried to, tried I to do that. I thought you were about to say impregnate. I was like, no. Oh. It definitely didn't get to well, that stage. That, well, that's yeah. another fucking level. Yeah. But I tried many a times to impress a girl, and I'd just go up and go, um, I think you're fucking tops, and yeah. um, do you want to go to the blue light disco with me? You know what they'd say? Shut up, nerd. Well, yeah. fuck you now. Who am I with my podcast and my podcast T-shirt? And don't tell me I'm clipping the audio, you fuck. Because <laughs> you just blew my eardrums out, you Well, man. don't fucking wear those headphones like you some. Well, super, I'll tell you, you should be doing that. <clears throat> fucking Pottery Pete, but he's nowhere to be Pottery Pete. Wow. Yeah, he might show up. Who knows? He's, he's, he's all over the shop. Oh, who cares? We don't need him anymore. Look at this. He's very proud him. of himself. He made 50 bucks on his pottery last week. Oh, did he? <laughs> did he? Did he? What did he sell? I don't know. Random trinkets. Oh, that's mm. what you do. He lives in the mountains, right? He lives just down the road. Yeah, he's yeah. just down the road. He pops yeah. in from time to time. It, time to time. You know what he said to us? This is no bullshit. You can heal. He says to us, I will do your audio for you. And we're <laughs> like, fucking awesome. And Jason's like, well, yeah, well, he's pretty good at that stuff. And the one episode or the two episodes he came on to do the show, right, you couldn't hear the fuck. <laughs> just, just stick to pottery, mate. Yeah, just stick to pottery. <laughs> yeah. Right. As much as I like him, stick to pottery. Yeah. But now he's got a bit weird Because that's the exactly what the mountains needs is some more antique shops that sell pottery. That's it. Yeah, but he yeah. Sell, you know what he sells? Phallic shit. Oh yeah, he makes these phallic symbols out of pottery. He quite literally uh, made a like a what was it? Probably three or four foot cock. Yeah, and he said it was a <laughs> he said it was nine kilos of shame. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he said it was. Yeah, fucking mate, he's lost it. That guy. Yeah, uh, wow. gonna meet this guy. 
Well, you won't because he's a suppressive personality like yeah, Pedro. Of he's course. a he's a comic book character that's just disappeared in the <laughs> fucking ether. Who knows where he is? Yeah. And I don't fucking care. We don't need him anymore because we've got our own audio. Because Jason Relaxation, who's joined with me as always on this bullshit fucking podcast episode twelve point one point five Stardate log fucking whatever it is, he won't let me number the episodes, and I don't forgive, and I don't fucking forget. And now my life's very confusing. And when it goes up on Spotify. I'm like, what fucking episode is it? Oh, it's yeah. episode fucking 20 now. Oh, fuck, that would have been nice to know what it is. But I don't know what it is. And you know what? I'll tell you something else. Did Nervous Nathan said to me last week, he goes, he's very confused. He didn't say it on the podcast. He says he's very confused because he, he's all, he's out of whack as well. Because he goes, well, I, re- I rely on me telling him what episode number it is. But you won't let me do it anymore, you fuck. Do you have some kind of... Weird issues with with numbering. No, no. The reason because we we record multiple uh, episodes on the one day instead of right. instead of people listening no, we to we, we've got a live studio studio audience. We did. We, we, we have this. we have had a live studio audience. <laughs> we have before. Oh, good times. Remember yeah. good times? <clears throat> no, you'll be too young. They used to have this show called Good Times, and you go Good Times, yeah, yeah, Good Times, cause. I sure need one good time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they'd do the show and they go, filmed in, a live, in front of a live studio audience. Well, most of the sitcoms were. Yeah, but they'd have the fake clapping. Oh, uh, yeah, and then just the hard cut. Yeah, the hard cut, <laughs> yeah, the hard cut. Yeah, yeah. The hard cut. Yeah, yeah. The hard woo, cut. Woo, woo. It's like Kramer yeah. would come in. Yeah, 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 yeah Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they never did that in The Simpsons, did they? Nah. No, I no. know you're a fucking Simpsons fan. Of course, fan. yeah. I don't, well, I'll get your opinion on a couple of things. Please. Your thoughts on Simpsons now? To be honest, I... Do you still watch it? No, no. Uh, I've, I've been told apparently some of the newer ones are okay, but um, I hate to be... Like, everyone says this. I know this is real cliched thing, yeah, yeah. but I, I stopped caring probably after maybe season 14, uh, when, which is, okay, even, which help, is even pretty late then. Help, help me out, because I, I probably was watching it from season 5, which was... Please correct me if I'm wrong. That was the episode in that season where Homer goes into space and he's he's spinning around in space. Yeah, yeah. He's eating the potato chips. That's it. At that point, I loved it. Yeah. And yeah. then I'd watch the occasional episode, and they lost me. I reckon probably a couple of years just after that. So I couldn't tell you what's going on in the Simpsons yeah. universe. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I got I've been to a couple of these uh, Simpsons trivia nights uh, over the last year or so and a lot of them now are only doing seasons one to ten it's like right. that's 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 the thing and so they've cut it off themselves yeah yeah i think the the last i remember the last kind of season when i was watching it live that was okay and it started to get pretty shit after that was i think yeah 14 there were there was this like harry potter episode they did and i remember mm. i was hugely into harry potter yeah and it was pretty disappointing i remember the episode was pretty shit and then after that, yeah, no, no good. So w- what are they up to now? Uh, well, they're, I mean, they, they started they in 89. No, no, they're still going. Um, so they would be up to season 30. Te- technically, 30 Bart's, technically, Bart Simpson's my age. He was born in 1981. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Actually, I've got, um, uh, I think you might like this. I've got a, I had a list of uh, 
Simpsons trivia team names that I, I came up with. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, yeah. Hit us with it. <clears throat> Welcome to Invert the Y, a celebration of being a nerd. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Well, that, isn't that what Super Simon That's what Super us? Simon said. Su- shout out to him. Super Simon, who, who didn't get angry at me for last mm. week's Nintendo 64 fucking podcast with Nervous Nath. I thought he'd ring me up and go, you, you got it all wrong, you fuck. You don't know anything about Nintendo. Yeah. But he, was, he actually was complimentary. <laughs> But uh, he said we need to reinvent ourselves and call ourselves a celebration of nerddom. Yeah, so not right. just about video games and all that stuff. You can be a nerd about, like I, we did a podcast on Formula One. I'm a massive nerd on that. And now now we're nerding out on fucking Simpsons. But I can't really <laughs> say I am a nerd on Simpsons because for some reason my experience with Simpsons was I loved it in, what, 91, 92, which is what? Seasons seven, eight, nine, yeah, roughly, and then I, the wheels fell off, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. and I couldn't even tell you anything about it today, yeah. Other than yeah, they still roll with it; they're still doing. I episodes. think what it is, my my theory on this, uh, and a lot of TV shows like that that have just been around, is that to be a standout at the time, you have to be creative. Mm. You know, they had some really amazing writers then. You know, Conan around that time, Conan O'Brien, Conan O'Brien, I was never writing knew that. for them. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the SNL yep. writers were, were writing for them. So they're funny people, right? Mm. And because at that time it's still relatively newish, you have to be creative, right? And like Homer, right? The, the yep. character of Homer, he was like now he was like he's a stupid idiot, like kind of guy that mm. has, has no grip on reality. Whereas then, like he was, he was kind of like the average American yep. kind of Joe, mm. right? Yeah. And like, sure, he's a bit dumb and lazy, and and I but saw whatever. a YouTube channel on this because I was interested in where the Simpsons are at because. I remember The Simpsons in like uh, 1990 when they'd released that single Do the Bartman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? I think yeah, that was right. 90 or 91, yeah, right? Yeah, it would have been around then. And so that was when it was at its peak, probably, <coughs> probably I think, roughly, early 90s or mid-90s to, to that period. And um, there was a guy on YouTube, I couldn't even tell you the YouTube channel, he went into the details, really fucking nerdy shit, about how he believed or what he believed was the reason that the wheels fell off with the Simpsons, and one of the things he was saying was was that the lead writers, which was one of them was Conan O'Brien, which I couldn't believe. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, and um, he left the show as a writer. Yeah. Um, and that the and that the other thing was is that they couldn't agree on where they wanted Homer to be, because originally he started off as this bumbling family man, but he had decent morals. He was yeah, trying to raise he was his a decent kids. guy. He was, yeah. just, he was trying to do yeah. right by his kids, but yeah. he was a fu- he was a fuck up, a bit like um. Did you ever see Married with Children? Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I love that show. Oh, yeah, Shut up, Al Bundy. Shut up, Shut up pig. Yeah. Right. So Al Bundy was kind of sort of the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all his bullshit, he actually still was trying to do right by his family. Yeah. And so Homer, and please correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, man. I'm no expert. Oh, me I'm no expert in this, right? But they wanted to make Homer. This is what this guy was saying in his um, YouTube video that they were making Homer as this kind of Al Bundy character. Right, yeah. they modelled him mm. off him a bit. Yeah. Then the writers came in and changed that, and he went into the silly Homer phase, which I like myself. Which is when he was in space eating yeah. potato chips, and Homer was having adventures, doing everything, and the show became about Homer. And then it went into another phase where the writers said, "No, it's got to be characters now. We want the Simpsons to be about characters." So Mo was in it, mm-hmm. then yeah. Sideshow Bob, and all these other characters like uh, Wiggum. Um, Ralphie Wiggum, all that stuff, they were all part of the show and Homer took a back seat. Yeah. And that was fine too. That was the other phase of The Simpsons. But then the writers that were a part of that 
philosophy, they left and they went, fuck this. We're going to go, we want to go back to these other like different things. We want Lisa to be the big theme and we want Mm. Bart to be the big theme again and Marge to be the theme. And no one could agree on what the direction is of it. And it went, and that's why the wheels, they, they, this guy said on his YouTube video, the wheels fell off. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even tell you who the YouTuber was. There's a really cool video actually I, I saw, um, where someone had analyzed uh, a couple of different jokes, like from the earlier seasons to mm. the later seasons. Yep. And one of them, I, th- I believe it's the episode when Bart uh, sells his soul, but maybe Simon mm-hmm. can correct me yeah. if I'm wrong here, but there's this one uh, bit where he, he's riding his bike and then uh, this weird click, like the road cleaner is driving and then Bart jumps off his bike and yep. this deranged guy's mm, laughing yep, and yep. rides over his bike. And then the bike's like still there shiny and then he dri- like then it falls apart and he drives down and he falls into some like pit. Yep. And it's just like in that one 10 second thing, there's yep. like three or there's four, three or four different things jokes, that happen. Right? I think this is and the these- same fucking video. Yeah, yeah, this might have been Cause, it. Because they showed the pit where the bit where Bart's riding on the bike. Yeah. And three or four things come at you really, really quickly. And then he says in this video, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Later episodes, it was so um, it was one thing, yeah, and they, yeah. And they dragged it out. It was a cheap joke. It was a cheap mm-hmm. joke, yeah. and then they used that cheap joke and they dragged it out. They flogged so, the shit out. Yeah, of Yeah, they it. flogged yeah. the shit out of it. Whereas in the early episodes, seasons, that one skit would have three or four things hitting at you really, really quickly, and you'd be like, you couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. But then they showed the same. They actually repeated the same shit later on in later episodes, like Bart riding his bike, falling off his mm. bike. But that one joke would be the re- would be repeated. Yeah, yeah, like constantly, and yeah. and that's why this guy in this video was saying this is why it's the wheels have fallen off because the original se- seasons or series they had multiple jokes coming at you left, right, and center, and you couldn't even work it out. Yeah. And you'd have to watch the Simpsons episodes a couple of times, and you'd still get something out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. The new ones. Yeah. You watch it once and you're done. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this guy was saying in I this think, video. See, it takes a lot more effort to write jokes like that. You know, yes. Like it takes a lot of, of rewrites. Yep. It takes a lot of uh, intelligent people to. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that uh, writers now are unintelligent, but it's it's like now, oh, you know, we're just going for the, the catchphrases and the yep. cheap type of humor and the yep. goofy, oh, like the fart joke and mm-hmm. the let, whatever. Let, let, let me throw something at you, please, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is it because they're worried about offending people and it's politically correct? I, I think it may, like, possibly. I think it's less because of that. Because I mean, that joke, the bike joke, that's not offend. That's not offensive, it's really. A, just laziness. But simplicity. I think it's yeah. I think it's like okay, we know that The Simpsons is popular now. Yep. So you know, let's put less effort. Let's not worry about the rewrites and thinking very carefully about mm-hmm. these jokes. Let's just write them, burn them, and churn it, it's them. It's a cash. It's thing. a cash cow. We, yeah. we don't have to do a lot. Yeah. We still make money. Yeah. yeah. I reckon this is the same video, dude. I, yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think I, I, it's very similar. Yeah, I think it might have been actually. Yeah. yeah. If and there's yeah. a Simpsons video on YouTube. Neil's probably seen it. This guy was. Yeah. A, <laughs> this guy was a nerd, but he was a really detailed nerd. Yeah. And he yeah. was saying, check out the difference between season I don't know five compared to season thirteen or fifteen, mm. whatever it was. And it's astounding. And I mm. never realized, but he had the same. And I didn't know they recycled jokes either. Mm. But they showed the same scene of Bart on the bike. And the difference between then and now. And it was yeah. like, holy shit, that's the problem. Yeah. And then he was explaining behind the scenes Conan O'Brien had left and he didn't come back and um, a lot of the writers didn't didn't want to be part of it. And I yeah. didn't I never knew that a lot of the uh, Saturday Saturday Night Live yeah. uh, crew were part yeah. of it. And I was like, Holy shit, that's why the thing was so successful. Yeah. 
exactly. Saturday Night Live, especially back then in the 90s, uh, was brilliant. Oh, it was awesome. You know, mm. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of these, like, I guess a lot of shows fall victim to this where, you know, if you you, you try to stretch it a little bit and it starts to go down in quality. I remember um, on a side note, there was a really cool example uh, of The Office, like the British one yes. versus the US. Yeah, I've Where, you know, this. two seasons, right, brilliant. Yep. Well, that's why it's, that's one of my favorite shows ever because... Yep. They didn't. They didn't stretch it out unnecessarily. Nope. Yep. It was like this is the English version. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, this is the thing. A very good friend of mine who's English, he always says this about the difference between English shows and American shows. Is the English know when the when they stop it? Yeah. The Americans don't. They keep it going. They keep it going. Again, and it's, flog, a, it's a cash cow. They flog the dead yeah. horse. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Now sometimes it works. Like I can be a real nerdy and I can say, Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? Which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows got better at the end of the at the end of the show they did seven seasons yep. and by the seventh season when they finished it up i was kind of like i want more mm. but, by, but, by, but his theory sorry this guy's theory this friend of mine he's saying well that's what you want hmm. you want you want to end on a on a, on on a, a high, high and yeah. go you know what i want another season but you're not going to get it yeah. and the english are really good at it but yeah. the americans can't get their head around it they, sure. they want to keep flogging the dead horse but by modern standards seven seasons is not a lot there are a lot of shows on on air at the moment that are in season eighteen, season mm. twenty. Yeah, yeah, but 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 uh, I guess uh, series like uh, sci fi or any mm. HBO series or uh, AMC series, I mm. believe they max it out at seven seasons and they won't mm. go beyond that. I what believe. happened to Walking Dead though? Well, fuck, they should have killed that. Have you watched Walking Dead? I ha- oh, no, oh, I never fuck. really got into that. It kills me. Oh, it's it's horrible. It's right. bad. Uh, Once they got to the Terminus, news. that was it for me. Done. Yeah, but you know. That's a really... Yeah, you know what show was the worst at that? was Lost. Do you remember oh, Lost? Oh, yeah. yeah they okay, killed that so show. That I, was the writer's strike, I yeah, remember, that yeah. time. But so still. I was a very late bloomer to right. Lost, and oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't know about it. And I kept hearing over and over and over Probably again... Probably from me. Over, <laughs> no, not from you, but a lot of people mm. about um, Lost. And I'm like, fucking hell. And so anyway, a friend of mine, our, our mutual friend that mm. I'm talking about, the, the Englishman, Who's got a Cockney accent? <laughs> he doesn't. He'll lose his mind if he ever hears it. He doesn't. Um, he said, yeah, you should watch The Lost, but just be prepared that by season three, I think it is, it or goes four, off it's yeah, off the it rails. And so crazy. I, they had it on Netflix. I think it was Netflix. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. they did. I think. I think. And I was watching it. And season two, I loved it because you know when they found the guy in the cave that had the computer, yep. yeah, and he had to press the button every twenty four yeah. hours or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is fucking weird, but I kind of like it. Yeah. And at that point, like they they had me hook, line, and sinker. But then something happened, and it went off the rails, and I'm like, what the fuck's all this shit? Mm-hmm. And like, and it no, was some crazy monster territory. Yeah. Yep. What yeah. is this? You know, and like, and the way they ended it didn't really make sense either. Yeah. I don't think they know, knew what to do with it. Yeah, there's um, a really funny joke. Uh, Gervais, I remember, made at the Golden hmm. Globes one time about loss, and he said uh, the the premise was something like, "Oh, you know, if you haven't watched, uh, you know, the the crazy ending of Lost, just basically the fat one ate them all." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. The fat one, the fat guy. Yeah. No, I did. Uh, look, I really will defend Lost up until about season three. Yeah. I think it is, and even season three was okay. But when that guy was in the cave and he was pressing the button on the yeah. computer, I knew it was shit. But something was intriguing about it. Sure. And I'm like, you know what? I'm. It was creative. I fucking couldn't yeah. stop watching it. it was, I'll be honest. Mysterious. It was, it was very mysterious. Yeah. And they never really answered a lot of the questions. And then no, it just got crazy. No, yeah. I don't think they knew what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I think they, at some point around season three or four, they deviated from the original mm-hmm. source material. And that, to me, 
the source material was when that guy was in the cave and he was pressing the button just to, to prevent the world. He said, if I don't press the button, the world's going to end or some bullshit, yeah. right? And so they deviate, and, and that was intriguing. You went, hang on, you're in a cave with a fucking Apple IIe, you fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was an old clunky yeah, Apple yeah, yeah. IIe. What the fuck are you doing with that, you know? Yeah. But he was convinced, if I don't press the button in 24 hours, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And then that was the source material. And then they, they didn't press the button. Spoilers. And then something happened that was weird and wasn't mm-hmm. well explained. And then from after they kind of explained that, it went off the rails. It was like, hang on, what it the turn, f- Didn't it turn into f- like a almost like a war between one faction yeah, and another? Yeah, it went into fa- like yeah. a Lord of the Flies. Like, and people were jumping sides and yeah, joining. Yeah. It, was like, it, went, it went into like a, what is it, the Lord of the, the Flies, Flies sort of yeah. situation. Yeah. where I, they, Yeah, it was too... It was weird. weird warring factions. And Unnecessary. They, it's like, what well, this doesn't need Yeah, to but be. they dropped that really cool concept of the guy in the cave with a... The computer, yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't. It's been a long time since. If that happened been. now, he would have had to have had a million dongles mm, and yeah. different adapters. <laughs> be, yeah. MagSafe one to MagSafe two. Yeah, and you know what? I'll fucking throw it out there. I'll be a prick if he was using an Apple product. Oh fuck! Have you got a dongle for my Lightning fucking connector or yes. USB C? And <laughs> no, they need to make him have a Genius Bar appointment. Yeah, uh, that's right. Just, hey, I got the end of the world to kind of sort out and oh, fix, fuck. but uh, that's you know, oh, no, try like, turning it off and on again. No, try t- turning it off and on again. Upstairs, I was telling you. About the when I went into the Apple store, yeah, and I was asking them about where's my where's my iPod Classic, you fucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, we don't sell that anymore. You're like the you're like the idiot, you're the only person on the planet that's interested in um, iPod Classics. Yeah, and I'm like, well, no, I'm not. You fuck. I mean, if you're an audiophile. What am I going to use a fucking Microsoft Zune? Actually, nervous Nath forgot to bring that up. He uses a a, a Zune. Yeah. He's the only person on the planet that uses a Zune. Yeah, I, like, I got a Zune. I love Zune. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he he swears by it. Yeah, you know, but they they completely killed the mark. They killed they killed me out of the market. They mm. said go fuck yourself. Yeah, and so you know what? Fuck you. Go fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, the the genius when the one time I had a technical problem, I went there. And the, the supposed geniuses, you know, they said, oh, we can't help you. You have to make an appointment to see a real genius. Yeah. Oh, that's really helpful. And I, and I stumped them one day. This is a classic. I went in there another time and I said, look, I need a, I've got a Macintosh for repair. Mm. And I knew this would fuck him up. And he goes. Because and, you said Macintosh? No. Yeah, I said Macintosh, but this is the best bit. <laughs> they said, um, oh, what is it? I said, a Macintosh. They go, what do you mean? A Mac Pro, MacBook Pro or something? No, no, no. A Macintosh. A fucking 1986 Macintosh plus, you fuck. Yeah. And they said, what? <laughs> I go, it's from it's from 1986 and I want to repair it. And they said, firstly, what are you doing with it? And secondly, they said, well, we can't help you. Yeah. I said, hang on. You're telling me you can't repair your own fucking products? And they're like, yeah, but it was from the 80s. I go, I know it's from the 80s, <laughs> but it's a Apple product, and you're telling me that I ca- you can't help me. To be fair, it probably still has the uh, white Australia policy uh, still on it. <laughs> well, it, well it's, it does, and it's got the weird screws you know in what? it. Like, I reckon it still uses the same hard drive they got in the latest editions. Well, yeah, th- th- probably. Th- th- this doesn't have a hard drive. This is before hard drives, man. Beautiful. This has got the floppy disk drive, and when you boot it up, it's got the smiley face when it recognises oh, yeah, the disk. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. a classic. I, rem- yeah. I remember those, mate, because we used to have them in school. Yeah. I used to use an Apple IIe. That was I, I helped our teachers install the first Apple IIe's into the school. Yeah. But the guy from Lost, it looked like it was an Apple IIe. That's how... Yeah, yeah. And I liked the look of Pro- it. It probably was. I where did that come it. from, by the way? I want to know who the hell... Like, where did that computer come from? 
Oh, well, that's what didn't make sense about yeah. it. But you know what? That was okay with me. But wasn't I'm, it all a laboratory? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was an experiment. That's true, yeah. Actually, it was all like psychological experiments. Yeah, it, was a, it was an experiment. That's, that's right. right. They they kind of used mind warfare on that guy mm-hmm. to make him believe that's that right. he had to that he had button. to press the button. And yeah. that that whole island. That's what I loved about it. This is why that show had me hooked. Hooked right because it had that. What was the name of the? company that was doing experiments oh, and they were each, oh, it was like, Dharma Dharma yeah. Dharma right so Dharma it was almost like Fallout yeah. right and so they had individual caves with different experiments going on and he was the last guy in the cave that had the belief that he had to press the button yeah, and I fucking love that shit because I love Fallout and I'm like well, it's kind of like a conspiracy like theory because that sort of shit could probably happen yeah yeah but they went away from that source material for some reason. They dropped it a little bit. And then they went to this Lord of the Flies bit where, yeah, you're right, two warring mm-hmm. factions now and they're fighting over the island. And you're like, it gives a fuck. I, it, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. no, that show outlived its welcome. Yeah. And a lot of US shows do. Mm-hmm. There's one show, I think, uh, that, that definitely got better with age, which uh, is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Slightly okay. uh, on a yep. tangent there. Yeah. But uh, I'm a huge Larry David fan. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, is, yeah, yeah. He is so funny. Yeah, and it's mainly because he's not playing a character. He's really just playing, playing himself. himself. Right? Yeah, yeah. like he acknowledges yeah. that he's that he has his, his quirks yeah. and he exa- uh, exacerbates them. Well, he's the um, brains of Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. yeah that that so. was. I mean, that it, it did have a slight dip towards the end, but it, it wasn't that bad. Whereas I think Seinfeld ended okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it ended all right. I mean, I think it was still the number one yep. show mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. Uh, it was funny. Yep. You know, I, I, um, I don't know. I mean, people now, it's so weird because I grew up on that show. Yep. You know, I, I was a kid. I remember the finale and stuff. And that was literally where you have the whole family, you know, yep. everyone's yep. sitting around. Yep. We're, we're planning watching the show together on this day. Well, it ended at a point, again, in my opinion, where people wanted more of it. Yeah. Right. And I think they got yeah. out good. They got yeah. it out just at the point where it was um, the opposite of The Simpsons, basically. Yeah. There wasn't really a dip in form. Yeah. It did go a little, like, it went more silly as time went on. Yeah. Like, if you watch the very first Seinfeld episodes, yeah, they're funny, but they're not as silly as the end, as the later, later seasons. But I like the silliness. You yeah. know, I like the craziness about Seinfeld. Yeah. But they got out at the end, and no one could believe that, because. What Jerry Seinfeld was earning millions per episode, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and everyone was like, "What the fuck? He wants to end it? Yeah, shouldn't that guy just let it ride?" And yeah, that was, in my opinion, one of the very first TV sitcoms mm. that was saying we're getting out when the getting's yeah. good, and everyone was like, "Holy shit!" And you're right, it was an event. People were like, "Last Seinfeld episode, yeah. let's watch it." You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, even with a parallel to music, you see it, it almost diminishes the reputation of them, right? It's like The Simpsons now, it, because they've just flogged it for so long, this is like when you talk about The Simpsons now, obviously, you know, there's a, a love of those older episodes, yeah. but it, it still tarnishes their reputation. Absolutely. Same with bands, you yeah. know, bands that should have just like called it quits or uh, cough, cough, Metallica. <coughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get on. Let's get on. That's actually a really nice segue. Well, but, I, you know, it's, it's like, the, you know, in a way, uh, like the, the, the rappers and like that 27 club, where they die early Nirvana, yep. 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 you know, uh, Hendrix. Yep. There's this, there's this, you know, they kind of almost got a, all got out at their peak. Right. Yep. Yep. And so it, it's like in everyone's mind, they are still, just regarded as you know great or amazing well i've got You're a only th- as good as your last well, i've got a yeah. theory about nirvana and i'm happy to be corrected if i'm wrong if kurt cobain had have not 
committed suicide and things were different, and it's all about ifs, buts, and maybes, so it's all hypothetical bullshit. Mm. My theory is is that they would have broken up very soon, very, uh, very much after in utero anyway. I think because yeah. Dave Grohl, you could see the writing on the wall that they were going different directions in sure. their their theories on where the band should be, and so I actually think that Nirvana, if Kurt Cobain hadn't have committed suicide, I I think they would have ended it pretty soon after mm. In Utero came out. I yeah. really do, um, and and that's why the Foo Fighters are really quite different from Nirvana. Yeah, they're not really an imitation of Nirvana. I don't think. Yeah, the first not. album maybe the self-titled album in parts was, but really it's not. It's very very different. But, but here's a question though: If Nirvana, let's say Kurt Cobain was still alive yep. and they did stay together and yep. then they released all these albums and stuff. Would you have still the way that you feel about them now? Would would that still be the same no. if they released all this? I got a fuck. I'm gonna get hate mail for this. Yeah, and I'm happy to be corrected. I'll tell you a fucking story. I don't think Nirvana are as great as people say they are. I don't. I think right. they're I'll tell as you well. now. Now I'll tell. I'll tell That's you. I'll no. He's in utero is a very difficult album to listen to, but it's it's a good album, and never mind's a classic. But every other album before that is fucking average at best. Really? Bleach? My, Bleach is average. Average? There's some good songs on it. This is my opinion and it's always subjective, mm. right? But in my opinion, Bleach has some good stuff on there. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I don't think it's a great album. Fair enough. All right. Now, here's where I say what I say. Because in 1990, I want to say it's 93, I went to Big Day Out. Saw them live. And I saw Nirvana live. Mm. And they were, they were good. But I'll tell you, there were a lot of bands that were a lot better than them. I'm going to fucking throw another big one at you. right? Mm. Nirvana I saw and I went, yep, yeah, that's cool, Nirvana. But you didn't know what was going to happen. That was, you know, At that time, mm. you didn't know that Nirvana were going to be this thing that they became. And a lot of the reason that they're, they're always mentioned in different things is because of the... Oh, he, he died early. He died in, you know, all these mysterious circumstances, Courtney Love. You mm. could go on and on and about it, right? Yeah. But I saw much better bands that day, and I'll throw one at you, Screaming Trees. They yeah. fucking shit all over Nirvana. Sure, sure. Right? I don't know if you've heard much of Screaming I Trees stuff. No. They're fucking awesome. They had, twin, they had twin brothers playing in that band, the two fattest twins you've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> but they were awesome. And Mark Lanigan... Is in Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah. now Mark you should. Mark Lanigan's a legend. Right. So Mark Lanigan's a fucking legend. He's also released some self-titled albums as yeah. well, right? But Mark Lanigan, who is part of the Queens of Stone Age, he was a frontman and lead singer of Screaming Trees, and they 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 one of their albums, which is Sweet Oblivion, is a fucking classic with a track sit with a single that they released called Nearly Lost You. Track number two, released mm. in 1992. These are fucking ball-tearing albums, Sweet Oblivion. Yeah. A fantastic album, and they followed it up in 1996 with Dust, which was their last album. But what an album to go out on. And I'm telling you now, those two albums alone are better than anything Nirvana released. Yeah. And look, I fucking love Nirvana. Look, I, right? I, I, I agree I'm with you here. I, do. I agree with you here. I think Nirvana, uh, the big appeal for them probably at the time is less about their technical ability as as a band or as, as musicians, but maybe more of an attitude well, and just the feeling, you know, you know this counterculture like, kind of thing at the time. Yeah, you know what it is about Kurt Cobain? I think he had a great look. He had a unique sounding voice. But what he was able to do, but he actually didn't like to do it, but he couldn't help himself, he actually wrote catchy pop songs. Yeah. Right? Particularly during... 
and I do love Nevermind as an album. I really, really do, right? And I remember listening to Nevermind in 1991 and I was blown away by it. Mm. I'd never heard anything like it. But if you really, really listen to that album, that's a very almost poppy, catchy, Beatlesque album. Sure. And Butch Vig, who was the producer of a produ- producer of that album, who was also part of uh, Garbage, he was a drummer in Garbage, mm-hmm. right? He would say in later interviews and, and stuff that he did and documentaries that he did that... Kirk Cobain was obsessed by John Lennon and the Beatles. Yeah. And so whenever he was in the recording studio, he'd say, oh, but, you know, I, I, I think you should try this, Kurt. You know, this would be, it'd sound better if you do this or you do that. And he would say, no, I don't want to do it. Don't want to do it that way. And he'd say, yeah, but John Lennon did that. And he'd fucking change his mind and do it. Mm. So he couldn't help himself. He loved to write catchy, poppy songs, right? And In Bloom is, a, is, a, is an example of that, right? Sure. yeah. But he was a master Kurt Cobain, in my opinion, of melding that sound, that poppy, catchy, Beatlesque sound, with the grunge m- movement and, and and the alternative sound of that time. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah, I, I, that's yeah, that's yeah. why I think they were so successful. And the, the I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, the irony as well is that Nirvana now is 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 like a brand, right? Mm-hmm. That's because uh, I think of what happened. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, I think if they and look, it's all. A, Ifs, buts, and maybes, and, and you, it, 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 what's happened's happened. But yeah. what I believe is that, and you know why I say that? Because Pearl Jam is technically still around, and Eddie Vedder's still around, but they don't get any much anywhere near the love that fucking Nirvana does. Yeah. And that's because Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. Right? And if he didn't die, I, I don't think that would be as recognizable as they are I, today. I agree, yeah. There are so many other classic... Seattle sounding or grunge sounding bands and Screaming Trees is one of them who are tragically underrated in my opinion. Tr- yep. Screaming Trees, if you go and listen now on Spotify or whatever it is, uh, Oblivion, uh, sorry, uh, Sweet Oblivion, which is their, um, their, I think it's their second studio album. They did a lot of uh, albums or EPs before that, but that album is amazing, right? It really, really is. Mm. And I, I, I believe it's better than any album that Nirvana did. Yeah. But that's subjective. That's in the eye of the beholder, isn't yeah. it? That's what's great about music. I'll tell you what I love yeah. about Bleach, though, the, the most. and you know, About a Girl? A bit, uh, about a Girl is a great track. Well, yeah, it's that. a great track, yeah. I think as well, just be, from my perspective, it's the drums that were amazing yes. on that. Um, yes. They were, they were, they, they, just the way he wrote the parts are really interesting, yep. really, uh, uh, so that was before Dave Grohl came on the board, wasn't no, it? No, that was, Dave, was Grohl. That Dave Grohl. Yeah, pretty sure that was Dave Grohl. I'm trying to think because, um, should I we, know, I know, um, should we pull it up? Pull it up, Google it, because before we go too deep into that I, rabbit hole. I'm pretty hole, sure, yeah, I was Because sure. Dave Grohl definitely was on Nevermind, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know when, uh, whether Bleach Bleach may have been the first studio album that Dave Grohl did because what was the name of the drummer before Dave Grohl can you remember uh, no I, I can't yeah we need to google this because I don't want to yeah go too far down the rabbit hole yeah Bleach um 1998 Chad yeah okay so yeah, Chad okay. Chad Channing was the first drummer for Nirvana and I don't know was he there you pa- go people ask who was the drummer on Bleach yeah go go down there He's fucking hopeless with his shit, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's just slow. Okay, it was Dave Grohl. Uh, no. No. Just says Chad there. Uh, he's, being int- he's actually being inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Chad Channing. Yeah, right, okay. Which is fair enough because people don't give that guy enough credit because he was very much 
the Nirvana uh, band member right up until the mm. uh, Nevermind. Or I, I there probably, you go. So he talks about uh, Bleach there. So. Okay, so Chad yeah, Channing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. right. Yeah. So Chad Channing was the drummer of, in Bleach. And then after that, he left. I can't remember the circumstances of his, of his leaving. I think he might have been sacked. But then Dave Grohl came on for Nevermind. And you can, you can see the difference or hear the difference. Yeah, definitely. Right? And it became more poppy. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. I like it. Right? Yeah. And that brought out... Again, this is all my bullshit. I'm no, pulling, no, no, I'm pulling shit out of my ass, man. I'm not I'm not a musician. I just love it. See, right? I just want to point out, though, this is the best thing about music is that... It's subjective. It is subjective, right? And that's cool. I think that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. My opinion is, and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to yours in a sec, Bleach was very much Nirvana as they were formed. And Chad Channing, that's why I thought it was Chad Channing because it's very different sounding, Bleach. And then when he left, Dave Grohl came in, and Dave Grohl, by nature, wants to make things sound more poppy, mm. and that's not bad. It's just the way it's it just is, the way right? it works, yeah. and and that's Foo Fighters all over, right? Yeah, and and uh, Kurt Cobain had that in him in his DNA because he was a massive Beatles fan, huge, documented yeah. that he was a Beatles yeah. fan, and he idolized John Lennon, right? And so I think that brought it out in him. And that's what came out on that record, mm. right? And so that's why those two records sound very different. And that's why I love Nevermind more than anything. Yeah. But then when In Utero came out in 1993 or no, four, that's a really different. I don't know what the fuck happened there. I think that was a band in you know, despair because that was a yeah. brutal album. But I still like it. But, the, but Bleach is so different. Very different, yeah, and that's why I thought it was a lot darker. Definitely a lot yeah, darker. It is darker. Yes, like yeah, yeah, very very cool. Yeah, it is. I still like it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, about a girl is a great track off mm. that album. I really really like it, um, and I really like Nirvana. I really do. Right, and I think Kurt Cobain. If we want to start talking about underrated guitarists and all that sort of stuff, I think Kurt Cobain's an underrated vocalist in my yeah. humblest opinions. You know what I mean? Because he, I mean, he did set the path for the night the rest of the 90s in terms of a lot of that type of style of singing yes as well. but i think people bettered him yeah i'm gonna throw one at you now lane staley oh yeah okay lane staley from Great. alice in chains yeah. is a fucking awesome singer yeah and what i love about alice in chains one of my favorite bands of all time is the is the combination of him with jerry cantrell mm-hmm. who's an extremely yeah. underrated vocalist Jerry Cantrell on his solo albums, Boggy Depot. Most people only think of him right? as guitarist. Well, right? Boggy Depot came out in 1998, and yeah. you're right. Up until that point, people associated him as being a guitarist in Alice in Chains as a backing vocalist to Lane Staley, which is a bit unfair because he actually was more of a complimentary vocalist to Lane Staley mm-hmm. yeah. in the later albums. It was all harmonies, right? right? Yeah, but then yeah. he released Boggy Depot in 1998. That's a great right? album. And that's a fucking awesome album. And you can really hear how awesome he is as a vocalist. And he's not your typical grunge-sounding um, vocalist like Lane Staley is. You mm. know how Lane Staley's guttural yeah. and he's got the yell like, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, he doesn't <laughs> have that. Right, he's actually got more of a country and western twang. It, it's yeah, actually right? quite a country sounding album. Well, he grew, you know, his father mm. was a big country and western fan. That makes and sense. And so he yeah. grew up. This is Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, he grew up in a country and western um, loving family, mm-hmm. and he was a big fan of country and western uh, country and western style music. Yeah, and so when he got into a band, his intention was not to actually play that type of music. Mm. But then he got dragged into it. 
I think Lane Staley kind of dragged him into it, which I think works perfectly. And that's yeah. why I love Alice in Chains. Yeah. The contrast between Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. Plus the lyrics that they wrote were mind-blowing. And Jerry Cantrell's riffs, mate. Fuck me. And he's an underrated guitarist. Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. Definitely. It, yeah, he's an underrated guitarist. Yeah. You know, that's a combination that's rare as well. That's like Lennon and McCartney, man. Yeah. You know, Cantrell and Staley. You, you could you, should, you could easily throw that out, I think, you know. For sure, yeah. And I, and I, that's why I prefer them over Nirvana. I'm being a prick, right? No, no, because no, I like yeah, I like yeah. <clears throat> I like Nirvana. I love Nirvana, right? And I probably got into Nirvana before I got into any other band, mm. um, with maybe the exception of Pearl Jam. I kind of got into Pearl Jam and Nirvana at the at the same time. Truth be told, yeah. I was the one that forced you to buy Pearl Jam. He 10. did. Yes, that's, that's true. Nice. He, he bought. He wanted me to buy ten. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this fucking band. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then this this bought, surfy shit, I yeah, think. Yeah, I kind of thought it was a bit surfy-ish. I didn't really... Fucking they, love You know what? Because I'm a hypocrite now. Because I actually preferred Nirvana because it was a little bit more edgier. Right? Because yeah. I'd heard Bleach. Because 10 came out in 1990. It came out before Nevermind. Yep. People forget that. Yep. Yeah. Right? And so I was like, yeah, I, li- I, like, I think I prefer this Nirvana band better mm-hmm. with Bleach, even though... I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm. And then they brought out 10 and I only really liked, at when I first listened to it, I only liked Even Flow and Alive. And the yeah. rest of it, I could take it or leave it. Right, which is crazy because the rest Garden, of the album is fucking awesome. Fuck me. Garden and Porch. Yeah. Great great tracks of that mm-hmm. album. What album was uh, Corduroy on? That is Vitalogy. Yeah. That was released in 1994. That's, that's a, a great that's a, that's a now, Like when that riff kicks in at the start, yep. I just Corduroy is fucking hey. awesome. And yeah. you know what else is an awesome riff off that album? Tremor Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tremor Christ is an awesome track off that album. Um, that, that's that actually album. a really solid album. It in is, general. but I like Versus better because I'll yeah. tell you why. It, it's one of the last songs off Versus, second last song, is Drop the Leash. Mm-hmm. You remember that? That's a Christ ball, yeah. Drop the leash, hmm. drop the leash, ah, get out of my fucking way. Drop the leash, drop the leash, ah, get out of my fucking way. That is brilliant. And I, I yeah. really, really liked Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. People don't like Vitalogy. Mm. They don't like oh, it. That's a great album. No, because they say it's too alternative for them. Oh, fuck but off. I liked Vitalogy. And let me tell you a little story. I'm sorry I'm dominating the chat. I'll let you fucking spit. I'm no, fucking, no, I'm fucking on. on a roll now. Because I'll tell you something. We'll get to Metallica now. Because in 1996, that was the most tragic year of music for me. <laughs> Let me tell you about 1996. 1996, we got No Code by Pearl Jam. That was a fucking shocking album. And that was not a good album. I listen to it now, and I don't mind it. But when I first listened to No Code by Pearl Jam in 1996, I almost cried. Right? I'm and this is you. back in the day, ladies and gentlemen, when you couldn't just listen to it on Spotify. No, yeah, f- yeah. None of that you, shit. You would have forked out no. 30 bucks and gone, fuck! No, I yeah. did. I bought, let me tell you, I bought the CD. Shout out to uh, Sanity. <laughs> yeah, well, still around. HM, HMV, HMV, Sanity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, before JB Hi-Fi was around too, yeah. you used yeah. to buy your CDs from uh, Sanity. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Sanity. But I bought that album day one, and it used to come with little cards in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it used mm. to have the little lyric yep. cards on it. Yeah, yeah. And I was so excited getting this album and I listened to it and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? It had probably two or three songs at first glance that I liked. It had Smile and it had, uh, uh, trying to think of the other track that it had on there. It's going to piss me off. But it had Smile on there and there was another track that I, that I dug at first listen, right? Are you put, have you put it on there? Yep. Have you, have you hit the button? 
I have hit the button. Oh, this internet's got to fucking change. No, I did. This is this is Telstra, my friend. Oh, my the problem is the Wi-Fi is um, quite pretty, a ways. Pretty, pretty weak. Ch- ch- check out my network names. Haha, <laughs> great. Invert the wires. Oh, invert the Wi-Fi. Invert the Wi-Fi. Oh, that's fucking pretty clever. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be more clever if it fucking loaded Google up, but that's another fucking story. <laughs> yeah, it'd, be it'd be quick on my phone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like no code at all. Yeah. It hurt me because I did like Vitalogy. A lot of people didn't like Vitalogy. I did. Yeah. Because I, I even love the weird shit at, ding, at, the, ding, ding. at the end of Vitalogy. Hey, hey Foxy Ham... What was it? Hey, Foxy Ham Amalima. After you Google yeah, that bullshit. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a track listing called Hey Foxy. Yeah. Something Mama Mama Lima. It was weird. It was just a fucking sample track. I even liked that on Vitalogy. Yeah. But No Code was a disappointment in 1996 for Pearl Jam. Mm. And 1996 also saw another fucking release that hurt me. And it was Load by Metallica. Oh, oh God. And this is why we're going to angle into Metallica. Yeah. Now, right? So... <clears throat> Many, many years later, I'll actually put my hand on my heart and say, I don't mind load now because I'm getting old and senile and I forget what I listen to. (laughs) I think there's also, like, with that time, there's a kind of nostalgia when you kind of listen to those records, right? Well, Hmm. you know, I'm going to get back even further with Metallica and people are going to hate me and I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm not in it for Like Motor Breath old? Yeah, I'm fucking... I'm Motorhead old. Like, yeah. Lemmy old. I'm in the fucking grave. Oh, Motor Breath. The, Motor Breath. Isn't that the that, album? That, yeah, there was like the Black Album, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, the yeah. Black Album. Yeah, this is yeah. why I'm going to get hate for it. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah. about to say? I don't like it, right? <laughs> because that album, right, <laughs> Lars Ulrich came out and said, yeah, man, if we didn't change our style, man, I'm telling you, man, we would have got hate for it. We had to change, man. Right, he did an interview. He's a very good right? businessman, and, and let's be honest. And I know it's not a bad album, and I, but unfortunately for me, was I listened to Master of Puppets and Justice for and All and Injustice yeah, yeah. for All, and I love Injustice for All. I still, that was one I of the first say, songs I learned on guitar. Man, I will say, and I know people will disagree with me because people will say Ride the Lightning's better. Nah. People will say Killer More's better. People will say Master of Puppets is better. But I love Injustice all the most. I fucking love that album. Fair enough. Right. And then they released Load. People also like sticking nails into their eyelids they do. as well. They do, man. They yeah, do. Masturbating with cheese graters. They do. Yeah. They, well, he's fucked likes doing that. He keeps bringing it up. I think secretly yeah. gets the, the cheese grater Ford out of Fairlane, the kitchen. Mate. Oh, yeah. Ford Fairlane, mate. I know. Ford Fairlane said that. I know. But what I'm saying... So there wasn't cheese in the scrambled egg you, uh, <laughs> you made me. There was no cheese in there at all. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh. But what I'm saying is, is that Load... Was a big departure, even more than the the the, the black album. The black was quite right. a large departure, and the black right. album was a big departure. But it was okay. I think it won everybody over. It won the old fans over, and, well, it, and it, it got made them some into the main. It got them into the mainstream, and it got them yeah. into the mainstream. And I'm going to say it now: they just became a hard rock album um, band. That's mm. all they became. Yeah. Definitely not a uh, definitely not a metal band. But Load, point. what they were trying to do with Load, in my ears, uh, pull me up if you if you disagree with me, please. Right. What I'm saying is with Load, they wanted to be an alternative album. Band. Yeah. That was more alternative music, in my opinion. Sure. I didn't understand it. Yeah. I'm listening to it and going, okay, with, with the Black Album, you became a hard rock mainstream band. And there were some metal elements in mm-hmm. that album, mm-hmm. right? Which would, you know, the casual listener would go, okay, I can listen to that. But with Load, they became an alternative band with that bullshit. And I was like, I'm not having it. 
Because you don't sound like an alternative band. James Hetford, you don't fucking have the voice for it for a fucking well, star, he, you know? And he, he even had a sort of a country twang. Or he, he, a country was trying to, he was trying to put it, it. Yeah. yeah like, I'm going to throw one thing out there that's, that's, that's just something worth considering is I can respect... As so, especially as someone that's been in a band, someone that has you know recorded with different producers yep. and stuff, I can respect when a band does change their style. Mm. Right? I can because too. otherwise you're going to fall into that classic ACDC trap yep. where it's you're just re- you know like the Simpsons you're recycling yep. the same yep. shit. Well, that was constantly. Lars, that right? was Lars Ulrich's uh, argument. Yeah, he said if we don't reinvent ourselves, yeah. we're going to be boxed in. I right. think a band that that and this could be controversial, um, but a band I think did this really well was Silverchair, mm. right? And I know a lot of people get well, disappointed that oh they were kind of that that grunge thing. Well, they actually, first I'm going to say I, I'm going to agree. I I will agree with you. Right? Yeah. Okay. Because now I'll tell you why. I was, I'm not a Silver Silverchair fan, and the reason why I'm not is because I unfortunately hold grudges. And they had a shit gig a big day out. They had a shit gig at big day, big day out. We'll talk about gigs in a minute. Mm. But my thing with Silverchair, and I get it, they were young, and they're talented. Well, they yeah. were talented, right? What I'm saying is, when they first came out with Tomorrow, they were ripping off every classic yeah, yeah. alternative grunge band that, yeah. that, even the way he but, looked. Yeah, right? But at the same but, time, they're but, in their teens, mate. Give them a but break. But yeah, I know, I know, right? Mm. But when they released um, later records or later albums they made a big departure and they became their own band mm-hmm. yeah i think and you know, I respect D- diorama diorama like, that yeah. was amazing you know it was. I, I yes I, I still listen to that now and i'm just my mind is blown what's from- this what's the song that goes i'm watching you watch over me and i find the greatest the greatest view, view yeah that was off what? uh diorama okay yeah. that's the album that i respect yeah with silver chair and i'm yeah. not going to say that I'm a silver chair fan, but I respect them yeah. because they're talented. But I will respect that album because they became what they what they wanted to be. I yeah. think they dropped their. We want to. You know, they, they were young kids, so yeah. they were influenced by so many bands, and that just that just radiated through way too much yeah, for my absolutely. taste yeah. on their original record, which was Frog Stomp. But when they released Diorama, I could hear them, and I'm like, yeah, these yeah. guys are fucking cool. Yeah. But whatever happened to them? Well, they kind of like they're officially kind of disbanded now. Yeah. I, I I saw one of their last gigs like more than ten years ago. I think in like two thousand and six mm. or two thousand and seven. They played at the Edmore, uh, and that was cool. Actually, fun story about Silverchair. Um, I used Ben Gilly's cymbals that I think he recorded for. Uh, it might have been Diorama uh, at a gig. Actually, one of the teachers that I had. A drum teachers yeah. from, was from Newcastle mm. and he was his drum teacher. Uh, and the cool thing about Ben Gillies as well is that um, from a drum kind of nerd perspective, you know, we're talking about drum band, uh, drum brand, sorry, early. He was using this brand uh, called Lee Soprano drums and it mm. was very unheard very un- of. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's basically this really boutique style of drums from Italy made by this. Uh, I, I'm not sure about it now, but it's, uh, kind of made by this one family generational kind of thing. It was really really cool, and it was because of that drum teacher that uh, he was he was using Lee Soprano. He was Italian. Uh, that drum teacher. That, that, that t- said, tends to happen. Though, I thought, you, I thought yeah. you were going to say the Sopranos. That's one. Of my oh yeah, yeah, Lee Soprano. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. close. Um, but yeah, I, I I was at his house getting a drum lesson, and I uh, this is when I had no money. I was a music student, of course, mm. still have no money. Uh, <laughs> what is it with you? Muso's got no yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be. Loaded. I mean, look. In fact, musicians are so so 
pour off. I actually saw last night three of them sharing the same cigarette. Those, <laughs> those poor guys. They call it. Apparently, they call it smashing a uh, smashing a dozen now. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. Punch a dart, say, mate, or uh, punch a dart. Spark a does. Spark a does. Yeah, spark a does. But um, yeah. Anyway, I, I remember um, he left some symbols there, mm. and and uh, uh, I I just had a little plan. I was like, this is amazing. I'm, I was playing this gig and. Uh, yeah, the drum teacher kind of contacted him and said, "Hey, is it cool if my one of my students borrows your cymbals?" And he's like, "Yeah, no problem. Just so so chilled about it, hmm. uh, which is cool." Um, which is not, yeah. Which actually, is cool. I have. So, I have so a, what, what happened to them? To oh yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. so they, they kind of disbanded. I think um, Daniel Johns. That's kind of when he went to do his solo stuff, and yeah. he, he did a few. Did side he do projects. that at all now? So. Um, n- <sighs> No, I I am really. Oh no, he has. He this was a couple of years ago. He did release some solo stuff, which was actually pretty cool. It was very much in that Matt uh, Matt Corby sort of mm. like vein. I actually saw Daniel Johns a couple of years ago at a gig, and uh, I was actually really upset because he didn't look so great um, yeah. at the at the time. And you know, this is a band that I like. Diorama. You know, when I was a kid. The at Silverchair were one of my favorite bands. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong, of, I'm not. Di- I'm not. No, 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 Because no, I, I respect them. Yeah, I yeah. think they're very talented, and I think Diorama was an awesome album. And I really wanted that that to be their starting point. That's yeah. what I, I wanted them to to piggyback off that. Yeah, and 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 go forth with it and conquer with that. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's why I'm asking. Whatever happened? But like, yeah, they they kind of just disbanded. I'm not mm. too sure of the circumstances. I know that um, I think it might have been Daniel Johns who who might have facilitated that. Up. But don't quote that, me. That was on the that. rumors. Yeah, that he. I think he was at the time also dealing with a lot of issues yep. as well that he needed to or, or still needs to maybe sort out. Um, mm. And it was kind of evident when I saw him. At that gig, I was he very wasn't, upset. It wasn't just, well. Yeah. He wasn't. He didn't look so great, and it just it just upset me. Just as as, as a fan of theirs, just mm. to see him like that, you know, uh, as someone that has had such a huge influence on my on my life, on my you know desire to want to be a musician and to play in bands. Mm, yeah, you know, I, I look to people like that as you know, this is this is a, a hero. Yeah, because um, I, I at some point I want to talk about with with I got another friend of mine coming on. And I want to talk about bands, particularly in the 80s, because we're a bit older than you, obviously, sure. um, about bands in the 80s from from here, Australia, that should and could have made it in America but didn't. Mm. And I know they had, this is Silverchair, I, I think they might have had some success in the US, but I believe they could have had a lot more. They're, actually, they funny enough, Silverchair more. were probably <clears throat> more popular overseas than they were ever in Australia. Really? Um, okay. You know, they were playing so, like, like you know, uh, somewhere, I remember seeing this, like, concert in, in Rio de Janeiro, mm. sold out. It was, like, tens and tens of thousands yeah. of people, right? Um, a huge arena. Even in the States, I'm pretty sure they were pretty popular, yeah. more popular than they were well, here. Well, you know what? I used to listen to, like, for some reason, they won't play it anymore on because uh, they must have rezoned it. But there used to be a radio station I used to stream mm. on my uh, Google Home, and it was Grunge FM. And this oh, is from yeah. the States. It's called Big R Radio, Grunge yeah. FM, right? Your cat must be really upset. Yeah, well, no, he's got Triple M now. The fuck, fuck. <laughs> Stinky, smelly cat. But the thing is, is that they always used to play um, Silverchair on, yeah. on there. They'd play, uh, Di- is it Diana? Diorama. No, 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 please, Diana. Uh, when he's oh, talking about um, anorexia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so whatever that song's called, they'd always play that. And, and his song, I think. Yeah, and they, that's it. And they'd play... Fire. That's it. They'd yeah. play that one. Yeah. Um, they'd play um, Greatest View. 
So they, they got airplay from the States, you know, but what I'm saying is, as a, as a layman, I wasn't ever a big fan of them and I didn't follow them closely mm. like obviously you had, but I, I always thought that was the, Diorama was the starting point and they could have really propelled from that point, but yeah. then they, I don't know. Well, you they, know did, they had a uh, they Young out. Modern uh, at some point after that, which is kind of cool. That was a very Paul Mack influenced People call him a bit of. I think he even made a joke of this. They call, kind of call him the the Yoko Ono of uh, of Silverchair. You think that was the reason why they? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I do like Paul Mack. Uh, mm. I think he's cool as a because he did, was producing a lot of their their stuff, and he was playing with Daniel Johns in the Dissociatives yep. and, and that stuff. That was the the two mm. of them, and he he's really cool, and he has he does like a lot of stuff now, um, more, more electronic type of stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know what the 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 full reason was, but. I know that they Daniel Johns in particular di- was dealing with a lot of issues. Yeah. You know, obviously that yeah. you know, um, this there's a lot of rumors about you know he moved to London and stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was it, who did he marry? Uh, was it Natalie and Natalie Brule. and, Brule. Brule. and yeah. then she, they, they split up. Though. Yeah, yeah, but split up. for a time there they were living in Paris. I think they so that's where yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, look, the dude's talented. They all were talented musicians. You know what I mean? And I'm sure they and still they might are, not yeah. they might necessarily have started off that way they grew into no i think they were this is another case of what we were talking about earlier whereas you know they kind of you know had this short great collection of music and then you know ended up leaving and so now Mm. this perception of silverchair is that oh you know they they sort of ended just after their prior i'd say diorama is definitely their prior yeah yeah. Uh, but you know they didn't they didn't leave it they they could have stayed together and just released a whole bunch of shit but they i think they they had but when i look at silverchair and I don't know music like you know music. I look at it from a fan. You know it pretty well, though, from what I can Only because I'm tell. a fucking nerd, right? He's got a de- ever decaying brain. And I'm sorry, folks, you don't get around that, are you fucks? You fucking ingrates. <laughs> Interdimensional aliens. Interdimensional aliens came and took the album because they're <laughs> child molesters. Infowars.com. No, Making what? gay frog stomps. <laughs> that's right. The yeah, problem yeah. with frog stomp was, a, was that it was introduced the, the, to a water and the chemicals. And the, and the frog the water. on the cover was gay. And, and the, the frog it, was actually called Pepe. Pepe, and it was giving out the rabbit signal, and it was child molesting. And we have news here in Infowars. I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Tristan Dowler. <laughs> it's a good time for that, if you're listening. No, we'll do that at the end. But what I'm uh, saying is, is that I think they were always really talented guys. And from a like a, a layman's perspective, mm. which is what I am, yeah, I think they could have had a lot more albums in them, and they really could have done a lot of great things. I'm sure they could have because they were very talented. You know, at that age to come up with an album like Diorama with a, with a song like The Greatest View, mm-hmm. that impressed the shit out of me. The first time I heard that, I went, you know yeah. what, Silverchair, you're fucking awesome. I'll tell you why you're awesome. You're now li- you're doing what you want to do. You're not you're not trying to. Im- I know they weren't. But in my little mediocre, uh, uh, you know, layman's ears, they were imitating other bands from Frog Stomp. So right? does every but teenage yes, band. Yes, that's they on do. The I know they do. But then yeah. they followed it up with Diorama, yeah. and I went, "That's them now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. them now." And this is the starting point. They can actually really propel themselves and do something really yeah. great with it. But then at that point, like what Nuka, you know, is, 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 is saying, Nuka Neil saying, is that they they split up. Yeah. Or they are they disbanded or something. Which is like not that. uncommon, right? It's, it's not uncommon, it's but normal. it's a shame. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a tragedy, yeah. you know, in my opinion. Yeah. You know? I find a lot of bands, um, especially when you release something or you go on a big tour, hmm. that does add a lot of stress to the band. And, you know, I've played in a band where we, you know, we 
went on our you know uh, international tour and then broke up right after that um, yep. so mm. many bands there's a band recently I, I won't name friends of mine they released an album you know they this is their first album they've been playing for years together just dropped the album it was great and then just immediately the broke stress up. of all of that yep. uh, caused them to sort of break up and you know the the reality is as well is that there is a lot of expectation mm. uh, that you place on yourself. Like it's a fucked up industry in that kind of sense is that you're also your, your worst critic. Yep. You get constantly everyone kind of criticizing yep. you or judging you and it can fuck with you, right? You it know can what? fuck with your ability to write yep. and to create new stuff. Do you know what? It, it, it reminds me of what you were just saying about all the years of touring and playing gigs and you finally get your first break with an album and then you you break up or you you disband. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, I just saw a documentary on Netflix with Twisted Sister. Oh, yeah. Have you seen yeah. that? I haven't seen that one, but... But lo- very short story. They, I, I, I didn't know a lot about Twisted Sister apart from the obvious hits they had in the 80s where they were, you know, you're, we're not going to take it yeah. or whatever it is. But I didn't realise they were actually big in New York in the 70s. And they'd been playing gigs since the mid-70s to the late 70s mm-hmm. and they were yeah. trying to get records. You know how fucked up their history is? They actually got a record deal in the late 70s with a German record company. No bullshit. The guy came out, the agent, came to New York and said, we're going to fucking sign you. Yeah. Right? And we've got a recording studio here stateside and we're going to put you in the studio. The guy had the documents and he got on an airplane had a heart attack and the deal was fucking off. No bullshit. Jeez. The guy that came out to see them had a heart attack and uh, going back to Germany and he fucking died. And... and, and uh, the, the lead singer, his name's Dee Schneider, he oh, yeah. said, we were fucking cursed as a band. Hmm. We had all this talent and they had so many fans in, in the New York area, mm. right, where they were playing in all these different... Um, I didn't realise that... I, I know New York's a big place, I've been there, but I didn't realise how many fucking massive uh, places there are to play oh, gigs venues. at, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, CBGB's is the biggest one that comes to mind for someone yeah. that's... Mm. You know, doesn't live there, but there are a lot, a lot of other places that were probably just as big as yeah. CBGBs, right? And Dee Schneider was saying we were fucking cursed, and they actually thought the rest of their lives—that's all they were ever going to get—was play gigs in in New York. Yeah. And then they decided, fuck it. They actually got hate. They actually got a little bit of hatred for it. They went to the UK to record mm. their first record yeah. and start doing gigs in the UK, and they did um. Uh, the Reading Festival, I think it was. I oh, think yeah. it was the Reading Festival, which is a big deal. And you know what? People didn't really go over with them because they were dressed up as chicks. And they did. I think it was might have been not not the top of the pops, but a very important countdown. Sounds. Oh, I think it was. We had sounds in Australia as well, but it was. It wasn't countdown. There was a show in the U in the UK called. I think it was Sounds, right? Yeah. And they did this show, and what they were told is you do a live set. Right, and apparently it goes nationwide. It was a big fucking deal, and they actually were trying to make it internationally, right, from New York. So mm. it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. When you think about it, so they went all the way to the UK, did this gig, and people in the crowd were not fucking digging them because they were dressed up in their gear. You know what I mean? They were mm. dressed up as chicks. They were very yeah. glam, glam before glam, right? Yeah. Twisted sister, and Dee Schneider says, who's a very smart prick. Have you ever seen Dee Schneider mm. talk? Yeah, absolutely. He was in the courtrooms defending. Mm. Uh, the devil music because they got called out for having devil music. Oh, yeah. And he <laughs> that said, old chestnut. Yeah, remember that? Oh, man. And he said, hang on. <laughs> and he went in the court and he was very, very articulate. Yeah. To be honest, you're not a legitimate musician unless you've been accused yes. of working <laughs> but, for the devil. But watch some videos on D. Schneider, <laughs> yeah. how fucking smart that guy is because yeah. he actually ripped the courts to, in, to pieces 
in the 80s yeah. saying, yes, they're all fucking out of your minds because this is not devil music at, at all. But anyway, they he was saying on this uh, Netflix uh, thingo that they went to the UK, they did this gig, right, and they weren't digging it. And mm. so Dee Schneider, halfway through the gig, it's on live TV. I never knew any of this until mm. I watched the show. He stopped, he says, he says to the band, stop. And the bass player and the drum player were just doing a little beat. And he says, I, I don't think any of you are digging us. I don't think any of you are feeling us. Is that because I'm wearing makeup and I look like a girl? And everyone's in the crowd like, what the fuck's with this prick? This is how mm. smart Dee Schneider is. He says, what if I take off my makeup? Would that make any difference to you? I bet it. I bet it does. So he got a, a, a like a, a, a hanky or something out of his pocket, and he wiped the makeup as best as he could off his face. And he's and then they started playing again. They're playing some heavy like Twisted Sister in the seventies were more of a metal band than they were in the eighties, yeah. right? And they're playing some like tunes, and they and then people started head banging and getting into it. And he, and he goes, "I'm still not feeling it." I'm still not feeling it. You haven't forgiven me for wearing makeup and shit. He goes, well, you know what? One of our best friends is Lemmy from Motorhead. What if he comes up on stage and fucking shreds with us? Uh And so Lemmy was in the crowd. (laughs) Lemmy comes up on stage and he goes, "Uh, uh, this is Twisted Sister. Yeah, I fucking fucking love Twisted Sister, you fucks. Right? (laughs) And that was it. Everyone loved Twisted Sister at that point. Uh, They won the fucking crowd over. And apparently this show, I think it was called Sounds. It wasn't Top of the Pops. If it is Top of the Pops, I'm fucking sorry. But they they, they won the crowd over and they got huge. Mm, and then yeah. when they went back to the US, they were fucking big. But when they got back and started playing gigs again in their hometown, like in New York, like r- around the area of CBGBs, people were like, you fucks, you left us, you're our band, you fucks. Not, yeah, not, yeah. not England's band, not fucking Australia's band, not, you know, not Germany's band. And they got a little bit of shit for it. And they reckon they lost a little bit of momentum in their hometown. Yeah. Right? And then when they went to LA... Right, because they wanted to get into the glam scene in LA, which they'd heard about. This is before Motley Crue broke it big. Then everyone was like, "Oh, now you've really left us because we don't like the fucking yeah, yeah. West Coast. We're on the we're the East Coast versus West Coast. This, Go, this know, happens like- so much where it's uh, they don't give a fuck about you, no. right, in your hometown until you make it big somewhere. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, mm. we've loved you the whole time. Tame Impala is is a um, Silverchair is yep. another good example of that. You're Tame Newcastle, Impala, uh, yeah, Newcastle. Tame Impala from WA, you know, they a lot of these bands you'll notice they'll move to the UK, mm. they'll move to the states, right? They'll make it big there, and now everyone's here is like, oh yeah, we fucking loved you the whole there's time. There's like, cool, Well, where the fuck yeah. were you at yeah. our shows yeah. then? Yeah. If you get a chance, watch this documentary. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's on Netflix. It's 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 Twisted Sister. You can yeah, tell you can I'll see Dee Schneider's um, mm. picture on the on the thumbnail. Yeah, and it's very very interesting the shit they went through because as a kid, I watched them. Yeah. And they, they kind of shocked me a bit because of the, their look. And but everyone dug them because they were singing. We're not going to take it, mm. and that was huge, right? F- f- um, Do you guys hear about how they were suing uh, Twisted Sister? Were suing Clive Palmer from the? Oh really? The, no, the, no, you know the Make Australia Great. Yeah, really. No. I think he used uh, part of that song. Oh, We're right. not going to uh, take it yeah. in in his clip. He yep. did, that's right. I remember. And that. then yeah. they found out, and he yep. obviously didn't credit them or yeah. pay any yep. royalties. Like I'm more like they've got. We don't want to be a part of your. Yeah, fucking they're party. like you're yeah. fucked, man. Well, good. Like, yeah, yeah good. I don't know what happened with that, but yeah, I, I remember. I'll tell you what. You wouldn't want to put one over on D. Schneider. He's the fucking smartest prick in metal. I'm telling you now, because he. I don't know if you've ever seen it when he went to court. And because I, I can't remember the exact circumstance, but they got charged with soliciting uh, metal uh, d- devil's music yeah, in the eighties. 
No, I know, but he went to <laughs> Is court. Is that a crime? <laughs> no, but it was in the 80s. Yeah, yeah right. That people hated hated him for it, you know. But I, I, I kind of got back into the gleam. How does that even become a court case? Like, how do you prove? What evidence do you have to say that you were soliciting uh, music for the devil? That makes yeah, no but sense. But you've got to remember back in the 80s... What right. happened to a country no. where you have the right to believe in whatever no, the fuck I'll tell you, you I'll tell you what happened. This is a big deal, right? I don't think you guys can appreciate what happened. In the 80s, you started getting a lot of bands, including rap artists, that were putting, quote-unquote, vulgar material oh, yeah. on onto their yeah, records, yeah. right? And so the record companies... Well, actually, the record companies were okay with it because they just wanted to make a buck, but they didn't know how to classify it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any real classification system. And I can't remember the name of the board or the body in the US, but they basically said, you have to classify this as um, adult content. So they, they fixed you, the problem with an explicit lyrics sticker. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> That was how the, that was the solution to it. And to this very day, that's why you see it on the on yeah. the records because that was that came back that was from the 80s and on yeah, spotify right? as well explicit exactly ex- like this yeah, podcast yeah. explicit yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah but but in the 80s that was probably the first decade honestly where swear was where swearing yeah. and all that kind of stuff was coming out yeah. and it was a lot of the rap artists did it like the beastie boys yeah, and, and run dmc and nwa which was you know late 80s and all that sort of stuff yeah that was the the beginning of it and yeah. the, and the conservatives because you know a lot of uh, things in in the US is very conservative. Oh yeah, we've been experienced. Right, that. they they put, they didn't know how to deal with it. Well, guess what? Australia is even more conservative. Yeah. yeah, right. We're probably even more left than the fucking US is. More right? No, I'd say we're going more left. Oh, ultra. We're going lefty. Yeah. Okay. My in my yeah, humblest, okay. well, I'm going to put fucking money on it. Yeah. After when is it May the election? Oh yeah, well, it's definitely a Labor government. It's going to be a Labor government, yeah. and all you fucks are going to be left as left. I'm telling you now, I'm going to be the most right wing motherfucker going around, and I don't give a fuck you fuck. I'm telling you now, <laughs> oh, and I don't fuck. And I'm telling you now, <laughs> I didn't abort. I, I didn't vote for those fucking idiots handing out their fucking massive amount of fucking paper. The fucking Greens, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Wow. Welcome to the show. Fun Welcome fact, to the show. Yeah, fun fact. Actually, uh, I try to get a, an explicit lyrics um, uh, classification for an instrumental band that I played in. Because, How's that possible? How's that well, possible? the funny thing is, was in, it was it miming? Uh, no, Sign language. Not not quite. It was so. There's this kind of uh, this band I played in. Still playing called the Blind Hot Gems. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of jazz influenced fusion thing. But on one of the tracks, uh, it was actually the last day of our recording. The last thing that we recorded, uh, we've been stuck in a studio for for like five days in a row, you know, breathing everyone's fucking like exhaled air, mm-hmm. no sunlight, going crazy listening to the same sort of stuff. And uh, we decided to, um, I don't I think we were drunk or something like that. We decided to put, someone decided to put me in a room with a guitar amp and a bullet mic feeding back and distorted um just having some mm. vocals just as a weird sound effect on track and i remember i was so pissed off i was just annoyed i was sulking i like, was oh, fucking fuck, throwing fuck. a tantrum you weren't being a musician were yeah you? yeah i know right that's never, that's, that's Can you, i can't believe it man and i'm just going um and like they were just like oh yeah just talk talk about something and i was pissed i could see them in the control and i was like fuck you yeah fuck what you're doing. I fucking hate this band. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I, I'm so fucking pissed off. This has been crazy. They recorded it, the whole thing, and then mm. put it as a, uh, uh, as like, just, you can barely hear it, but it's it's just audible on, on the on the last track. That reminds album. me of a track. He knows, it, he knows what it is. There was a band in the 80s called Soldiers of Death. Oh, fantastic. S.O.D., yeah. right? And they had a track on this album. Not easy listening. You know what the, you know what the album's called? 
speak English or die. I'm not fucking making well, this up. And so one of the tracks on there is what's the fuck that fucking noise. Um, and the whole track, we'll play it later. We can't do it now. We'll play it later. It's on, it is on Spotify, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it goes... And someone goes, what the fuck was that fucking noise? It's like a sound of in the recording studio. Uh, yeah, and it's right. like this hot thrash metal going... What the fuck? That's yeah. the track. Yeah, right. And it's like, Jesus Christ. That's a very... That album wouldn't get released today. I'm telling you now. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you've got an album title called Speak English or Die, yeah. do you really You're think... You're probably not going to go Do you really well. think you're going to get released in yeah, the modern era? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably. So what's your favourite gigs? To play that's a really to, 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 to watch him in? Either, mate. Uh, either either, man. Uh, Topic a, of the show. Yeah, gigs. I mean, there's, there's, I've seen a lot, you know, a yep. lot of gigs, uh, you know. Well, what, what comes to mind, either as a disappointment or as a highlight, because I can give you quite a few. Yeah, I, I think um, probably one of the first gigs that I saw, uh, I remember that I saved up my own money to and, and, and go check out was Queens of the Stone Age and they came out on the Songs of the Deaf tour. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, man! And uh, what an album! Oh, what my God. a fucking that, album! That was that was probably one of the first albums that I remember listening to from start to finish yep. on repeat. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be in my room uh, on a fr- you know I I was a bit of a bit of a weirdo kid uh, back in the day. Welcome and, to being a musician. Yeah, and and you know I would I would listen to these records. I, I would be in my room. Well, you wouldn't be like me because I'd do that too, but I'd get the lyric sheet out. If they, well, this is back when they came with lyrics, and then it'd have the then it'd have the power glove on, and I'd have hand. the power glove on. <laughs> All right, I don't want to know what you're, no, you're, not, <laughs> what you're doing. No, and I'd be I'd be following the lyrics as best as I could with yeah. a song, because yeah. I used to love that. Now you don't get that. This is what yeah, I yeah. like. The I, I remember duplicating tapes. Yeah. I used to From make my own. I used to make my own cassettes uh, where I was on the radio. You know, as if I was a radio station host. Yeah, I'd make my own jingles as well. I would even record. Oh, we used uh, to do stuff that. Like that. Yeah. We used to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we used to do. But that. but uh, so Queens of the Stone Age. Remember, my my mind was blown. You know, this is how naive I was about going to gigs. I think I was like fourteen or so, or something like mm. that. Um, and I I wagged school that day. Sorry, Ooh, sorry, a, sorry, mum. For a long time. I, wag. Yeah, I wagged school. I was truant um, because in my mind I assumed everyone was as big of, of a Queens of the Stone Age fan as I was. So I was like, I, this is you know my first concert mm-hmm. that I've saved up money to. I gotta fucking be there right at the front. Like, there's no question about that. So I took the day off school. Though I remember they were playing at the Enmore. It was like one of my first yep. times. That's ever a to cool. Newtown. Be- that's a great venue. Great, great yeah. venue. Great venue to see Queens because yes. I've seen him in so many. I've li- I've seen him in fucking Philadelphia. Wow. Uh, I've seen him at, at a festival there. I've seen him at the Horden. Um, a lot of places, right? I've seen him like seven, eight times now. But that's my favorite gig and. I remember I, I, I got there at the Enmore at 10 a.m., right? Because mm. their show was at like 8.30 or Jesus 9. Fuck. Got there at 10 a.m. Um, in my mind, I assumed, oh, there'd be heaps of people there because obviously no, everyone no. loves them. <laughs> no one's there. No one's there, right? I was just this <laughs> fucking like weirdo looking kid. I had long hair. I was wearing eyeliner and shit like that. <laughs> Uh, it was very much an emo as well. Oh, you were uh, an emo kid? A little bit, yeah. Did I, you like emo bands? I didn't like emo bands. I was more into like the Marilyn Manson, the Ramsteins, okay, the Nine so Inch Nails. Okay, so you didn't get into uh, My Chemical Romance? No, no, I wasn't that. really into that. I was more into, yeah, like probably the heavier stuff, but I would I would probably wear a lot of, like I was very much into Marilyn Manson for a long yeah. time. In fact, I tried to go to 
see his concert, but my parents were not having a bar of that at all. Yeah, I never got into him. I mean, he's a very talented guy, but I never really got into him. Yeah, I, I, I think that was probably, that's a very nostalgic, you know, I, I, I remember just listening to some Marilyn Manson just recently, and it just, it took me back to just being that rebellious kid mm. at, at high school. John Five, I remember the guitarist, he was one of my heroes. He, he was a, a guitarist for the golden age of grotesque uh, time. Uh, kind of blonde and he was this cra- he was like nuts because he was a crazy bluegrass mm-hmm. guitarist right uh, yet he was playing in Marilyn Manson just fucking shredding yeah. it and yeah. uh, I was such a fan I even joined his fan club right <laughs> I joined his fan club and at the time he was married to this porn star Aria Giovanni and uh, I remember I-, I think this was like in the early days of his fan club this mm. is so weird because I remember I would write a letter to him or I sent him an email and I bought some thing that he was selling, oops, that he was selling uh, on his website. And mm. the email confirmation came from Aria Giovanni's like personal email. And I got this email from this porn star just going, what the <laughs> fuck? Like from, from like, you know, one of my favorite guitarists, uh, at, you know, at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was really, really cool. Well, I'll tell you what, when we finish this bullshit podcast, which won't be long because I'm getting close and doing a piss, yeah. I'll show you the maid lady. Yeah, okay. She ain't bad. Yeah. She's, she should be doing porn, but she's a Twitch streamer. Right, okay. Which is basically... Which is basically My Fisher's Price's first porn. Yeah, yeah, right. right. But she jiggles. She jiggled cool. today, That's and I'm cool. very impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so keep going on about the gig, mate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the gig, I remember. Yeah. No one showed up until like seven thirty or eight or something, but mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was just so excited, you know. So I remember seeing him. It was I can v- remember it very vividly. Was it Dave was, Grohl there? No, he wasn't. It was I think it was Joey Castillo. He's um, a great drummer, anyway. It doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mike Lanigan was there. Okay. So you need a homework assignment for you. Yeah. When you leave this bullshit podcast. You need to listen to Screaming Trees. Yeah. Because if you rate like Mark Lanigan in Queens of the Stone Age, which I do. Yeah, of course. I'm telling you now, Screaming Trees are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. Criminally underrated. Right at your homework assignment. And I want a fucking update. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, because Mark Mark Lanigan's got a very unique voice. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and, uh, just... They are such a great. They were such a great band. Yeah, you know, and they released great albums, and they didn't overstay their welcome by releasing shit albums after yeah. their last one. Their swan song was worth going out on. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, Queens of the Stone Age is a is a fucking awesome band. Yeah, they got, great. Yeah, they're, they're they're a superstar band basically, aren't they? Yeah, really, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, like they've always. I mean, they've kind of had a, a little bit of a revolving. Kind of doors well, some that of the, the musicians, but that's the that's the that was always the plan, wasn't yeah. it? Josh but Hummies? you know, we're talking about Lennon and McCartney yep. uh, for Queens. You know, it was Homme and Troy Van Leeuwen who was the guitarist. Yep. Yeah, um, but he he got he uh, left the band. I think it, he left like somewhat recently, like yeah. in the last couple of years. Yes, uh, he was really really cool, and his impact that he had was was awesome. They mm. kind of you know they were they were pretty. pretty Is songs cool. for the deaf your favorite? Uh, album for, from them or I, I think uh, yeah I think so um, I think mainly I think there's definitely some cool like I think yeah I think that's probably my favorite album do you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with something you're probably not gonna be happy okay I reckon their most consistent album is Lullabies to Paralyze that was cool yeah and, that I know, was cool. and people didn't like it because that was the album without uh, Dave Grohl yeah and so that was a cool like, album yeah. I, I do like that a lot I think Songs to the Deaf it was to me. It's got massive, massive highs, and it's got some lows. Right. And the massive, massive highs, you can never ever beat them in any any yeah. album ever again. But Lullabies to Paralyze doesn't meet those highs, 
but it doesn't have the lows. It's consistent. And so it's much yeah, more it consistent. consistent. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty consistent. I think I like the tone. The tone is a little bit more raw, yes. a little bit more heavier on Songs of the Deaf. Yes. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge Dave Grohl fan anyway, so yep. there's no question that I was going to love his playing and what he what he did. And in fact, what, what was really cool about Songs of the Deaf, I'm pretty sure, was the way they even tracked drums off that was that they were so precise. The I don't think they ever used a click track ever, mm. right? But it's so bang on. They also, I think they even tracked cymbals separately because of how much compression they really? used on the drums as well. Um, it's too fucking nerdy for me. Yeah. Man. Oh, the compression. Yep. Well, expl- you might want to explain I don't it. Know. Yeah. I don't know anything well, about compression, this. Compression, basically. You'll, I'll, I'll tell you now. I'll, I'll, let, him, let him explain no, 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 what it is. I'm yeah. not a musician, but yeah. I wish I was. No, but it'll, know, it'll, it'll be interesting. You'll know what this is. Yeah. You'll know, you'll, you'll know what it, at least kind of what this is. But basically, especially with drums, right? When you think of the spectrum of sound, it, it, it there's a lot of variance between the lows, the frequencies. You know, drums have the highest range uh, of any instrument ever, right? You go from the bass drum to like a crash cymbal, right? The frequency difference there yep. is like ridiculous. So when you have something that has a lot of lows, a lot of highs, a lot of different frequencies, compression is basically pushing it all down so that the difference isn't as high, right? So it's going to be maybe a bit more uh, similar. Drums are very notorious for compression generally when you're recording them anyway because of that mm-hmm. that difference. You want to make things sound a bit more consistent and kind of squash it a little bit, right? That's kind of what the the idea of that is but because of that um essentially the the premise is that when you're hitting symbols because you're compressing it even if you get a little bit of bleed into a, a tom mic the tom mic might for example might pick up a bit of the symbol but when you compress it it's going to then be extra like hardcore so that it's so impressive as a drummer to think that they would have double tracked that um one without symbols and then and then add the symbols see on me being the layman see Jason Relaxation is much more of a sound engineer and I can't articulate and communicate in an effective way to a musician what I hear, yeah. but I know what I hear. And when I hear Queen's um, Songs for the Deaf, that to me is a much cleaner, um, brighter sounding recording yeah. than Lullabies to Paralyze. When I listen to Lullabies to Paralyze, which as a, mus- as a song from song, track to track, is more consistent... But the actual recording, in my ears, it sounds a bit more uh, thuddy, a bit yeah. more muddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the recording studio, something's very different well, from all, what they all, did. In- all it could be is the room that they were in at the time could be. It different. sounds. It doesn't like, sound it's, as it's, good to it, me. Well, it's it's it, the difference is, and and you know Neil would know this better than anyone, but. Even getting a drum kit to sound the same in any two rooms is impossible. Yeah, that is impossible. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, when you have a mic uh, in a drum room, if you literally move it one centimetre uh, to the left or to yeah. the right, you could have a totally yeah. different Yeah, for example, sound. the kit that's here now, yeah. it took uh, my son's drum teacher hours of just dicking around with the microphones. Yeah, see, I like, can't, the position I can't of hear the, that. The position of the mic that's sitting inside the, yeah. the bass drum, yeah. like he would pull it in, pull it out, pull it in. So like, the, the the problem with, especially with recording, that gets fucking nuts because um, the the crazi- craziest example of where that happened was I was playing in this band called Silver Love Club and we tracked this, uh, this song called Ghost Town, which you can find on YouTube. And uh, it was actually Will, who's the bass player from the band The Rubens, was producing that. And it was really cool because it was out at their uh, studio in Camden. Uh, mm-hmm. this bunker. It was like literally this bunker near the airport in mm-hmm. this huge fucking room. I know the area really well. Yeah, yeah, this huge fucking room. He had his drum... The co- awesome thing for me was that 
the drum tech had tuned the drum kit for the room. So mm-hmm. right, it's already got the right kind of frequencies bouncing off stuff. But literally from when the drum, the drum kit was pretty much set up. So from kind of set up to when we hit record, I got there at maybe 8.30, 9am, right? And it took this long to get the right mics in the right places, like sound checking yeah. every fucking thing. We didn't even start recording for the first take until 6.30pm. Yeah. yeah, I can't hear that. I, I, I've actually got, some industrial deafness. Yeah, that's no, actually, I guarantee we all do. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That's been yeah, that's been proven. Yeah. But that's I mean, but I can't hear those differences. Oh, you would, which really frustrates yeah. me because I'd love to be able to. You but know for I mean? sound, I mean, if you're a sound engineer, like you're trained to hear that, yeah. right? Like, and and I mean, it's the 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 product from I hate to use the word product, but the 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 song or whatever from when you record it to after mixing and mastering is completely different, right? Yeah. But if you get the recording, if you set up all of the recording stuff right, that's going to make that process a lot easier. Mm-hmm. There's less yeah. effectively to like have to fix up and yeah. master and, and, and mask and stuff, yeah. right? But that's why these guys, like uh, Will, I remember, I, I loved his passion for... You know, he was really particular about, you know, the types of mics, where it was being placed and like even like it's ridiculous that just putting like a bit of tape on a drum is going to change it. Tuning, right? Yeah. If you think about it, drums have uh, like the amount of lugs. So like mm-hmm. if you have a snare drum, you know how there's like tuning pegs around it. That's going to make a difference. The skin that you have is going to make a difference, right? How tight the the top and the bottom is going to be, it's going to make Relative a difference. Relative one an- to one another as well, right? So the top, if it's you know, tighter than the bottom and the bottom is tighter than the top, it completely whacks out the It's drum. crazy, yeah. There's yeah. so much variance in that, right? Mm. Uh, and so there's a lot of time and then... The type of wood it's made from. The type of wood, like it, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? See, and this... All I know is, as an end product, I'll get a, an album home and I'll put it on my hi-fi. I fucking sold a car to buy my hi-fi. That's another story. Nice. Um, and it wasn't a shitbox either. So I'll listen to a record and I'll go, I love the music. I mm-hmm. love what they've done. But you fucking killed me with the recording process. And as an example of that, when I bought home in 2012, the Alice in Chains album, Dino- uh, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here, it's a fantastic album, but the recording is fucking god-awful. Yeah. And I thought it was me, and somebody had written on their fan page, um, love the record, but who who was the sound engineer because the drums and the high notes on the drums sound muddy. Yeah. And someone had picked it up, far yeah. more articulate than I ever will be. Yeah. And I thought it was me. I thought it was like, oh, this doesn't sound good, this record. It yeah. shits me. It's like, remember the old... Um, records in the 90s and that the low they called them lo-fi yeah 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 Yeah. and i know they were doing it for an effect but on a record like that which was that alice in chains record the devil put the dinosaurs here i thought no that doesn't work man why is it lo-fi why what did you do and didn't you pick it up like after you listened, after you recorded it didn't somebody say it sounds shit no they would have but and they probably did it deliberately it yeah, but pro- I didn't yeah. like it. But also, if you have, I mean, I don't know about. So, who's responsible for that? Is that the sound engineer who, it, or the it's usually it's the probably producer. the producer, right? The sound engineer is um, usually the conduit from the producer to making it happen, right? So, as someone that, like, for example, when when I work with producers, uh, the so for example, one of the bands I played in the Blind Hot Gems, uh, we we got a producer. 
um, who is a drummer and someone that has played in heaps of bands. I think he played in Faker for a little mm-hmm. while and did some gigs with the Blue Juice and stuff. Um, and he was, I, I loved the the, song, the songs that he has recorded and played on. I love that sound. So I, I said, hey, I want you to, we want you to come and like analyze our songs. Basically, they're a bit of a sounding board and we don't know what, like, we don't know how to get the sound engineer to make songs sound like the way that we want to sound like so we put the trust in him to basically tell the sound engineer sort of what effects to to use how much compression what how much echo how much reverb um you know are are we tracking to tape are we just going to not do that because i wouldn't have been able to really make those decisions i would have effectively how i would have done it at that time is here's a couple of songs that i really like can you make the drums sound like this whereas at the time he's in there and he knows about basically the possibilities mm-hmm. the sound engineer is mainly responsible for the placement getting a clean recording and and just the kind of technicalities yeah. of it whereas the producer is really the, the person and we put this on them where we trusted them enough to make the decisions and it was tough at times where even at times i disagreed with the producer there was one song i remember uh it was our first ever song that we were written years before and as we tracked it, we tracked drums. It was like a two-part song and those drums kind of uh, at the first half, it's a bit slow. And then it kicks into this like pretty heavy thing. And then as we were mixing, he was just like, yeah, let's just cut all the drums off for the first two minutes. And I was like, fuck, man, this is a song that I've written. This is one of the first songs yeah. that I've written. And you're saying you're telling to, me like, to cut it out. You yeah. tell me to like to cut it out, right? But I... I rationally thought, look, I trust this guy. Mm, yep. This is the reason why I got him into doing this. You know, you can get very, uh, you have a lot of personal feelings sometimes yeah. and you don't think about what's best for the band or what's baby. best for the music, yeah. right? Yeah. You need someone that is a little bit out of that circle to almost make those, someone that's respected enough for you to make yeah. those decisions, right? So he he was like, all right, we're going to cut the drums. And I was pretty upset about that. But I said, okay, let's, let's, I trust him. Let's go with it. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Years later, you know, I can proudly look at that going, fuck, that was the best yeah. decision ever. Yeah. You know, at the time I disagreed and I was too emotionally involved in it, but he was, we placed that responsibility on him to, to make that. Yeah. And so, yeah. So for, for stuff like that, where effectively they would have like, it's, everything is deliberate, right? They wouldn't, nothing would have been missed where, not at that where, level. with drums being too muddy, like it no. would have been purpose. You're or, not, you're or not, something. you're not talking about some amateur kids that are recording. No, but songs. I'd be the, yeah. you know what, if I told, I've said this before in the next life, I'm coming back as a hot chick. Yeah. I'm going to even do one or two things. I'm going to get on the webcams, like on Chatterbait <laughs> and show my, show, my bit, show my bits to everybody. Yeah. Or I'm going to be a groupie. And if I'm a groupie, I'm going to be sitting on that leather couch and I'm going to go, it sounds shit, honey. Yeah. You know, when they sit there, they don't yeah. know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. And you'd be like, hey, babe, how's it sound? It doesn't sound good. It sounds muddy. I'll be, I'll be that <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was going to, I asked you upstairs, changing the subject a little bit. I want to get back to gigs. What Did you watch the Motley Crew movie on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, we, we started the conversation upstairs, but we didn't finish it. Yeah. What's your thinking on it? Oh um, no! The intergalactic aliens have come back. Oh, we're like, we've lost. Are we recording still? We're definitely still. And recording. how long are we recording? This I think bullshit? that. I think. I think the light bulbs playing up. Oh fuck! How long are we recording this bullshit? Woo! Spooky. Right. Apologies for the folks at home that have epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll cut that shit out. Yeah. Uh, what have you been on? We're one hour thirty-seven, but we minus ten-ish. Okay. So, what's your thoughts on the Motley So, crew? I just saw it, re- like, literally a week ago, yep. so it's still pretty pretty fresh. Um, a little Hollywood for my liking, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, now, Super Simon was telling me 
that they um, they wrote, they actually produced that themselves. Yeah, the I band did see did. that. Yeah, I so they cut they that. cut out the and bits they don't want the people. Yeah, to see. and yeah, it was very yeah. it was very uh, glossy. In my very life. glossy. Um, I. I I did a bit of research, I guess, after that because I mean, same. I wasn't no, I wasn't you and too, I are yeah, fucking yeah. nerds, man. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. the same. Yeah, did a bit of research because I wanted to know how accurate that yes. was as well. I just, yep, and it's know, not very accurate no, at all. Not at all. No, not at all. And I think it was. It's very Hollywood. It's very LA. You know what yep. I mean? Like, which is fine because that's yeah. where they were based. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Yep. I mean, th- I thought. Look, the the movie it w- it w- was okay. You know, obviously, it has to have extra drama and extra all this extra shit. To make it, it wasn't awful, was it? No, it no, wasn't, it wasn't awful. awful. Look, no. it wasn't awful. It was entertainment. It, yeah. yeah, it, it was, was entertainment. It wasn't awful. Um, it was interesting. I guess some of the like I didn't realize um, how deep into heroin uh, mm. Vince Neil. I'm sorry, um, Nikki Six. Six. Sorry, I didn't Nikki either. Six, Nikki Six no. was that was kind of like oh, okay. Wow. I didn't know he died. Supposedly, yeah, I, yeah. well, they said he died, but they got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was kind of that was like confronting and yeah. and obviously the stuff with uh vince neal's um kid and i stuff. didn't know that either yeah no. that was that was and there was a few yeah. times where I was like, and you know oh, what i thought i thought in myself sorry to stop you there i no. thought you know what if they're making that up that's really bullshit yeah and then when up. i did like what you did i did some research and went oh fuck that poor prick that's true yeah. that actually did mm-hmm. happen yeah you know but my just like you i did the research after the movie and a lot of it's not true. Like yeah. um, the whole uh, when the when Vince Neil's daughter passed away from cancer, it wasn't as quickly and easily as they made it out in the movie that they said, "Hey, sorry, brother, let's all form the band again and be friends." It wasn't yeah. like that at yeah. all. You know, it was a little bit more um, difficult. Yeah. And they and what I struggled with in the movie, even before I did my research was the idea that Mick Mars was as innocent as they portrayed him out to be. Yeah, yeah. Because you know how they made him out to be an old man, which he was older than them. Yeah. But they made him out to be an innocent, like, yeah, yeah. feel sorry for me cripple. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. mate, he was fucking boozing and yeah. partying as good as any, yeah. of, any of them, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's my big issue with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But look, look on the other hand... Um, Look, it was a cool, like it was, it was cool for what it was. It's a dramatic story, um, and it does kind of highlight a little bit of what it is. I mean, not that I've ever, ever been on a a, a tour or, or played in in venues like like they have, but they do kind of capture this sort of the you know how this this detachment of when you're in this band and you're kind of doing this thing to the perception of you and this audience, and like they kind of capture that pretty well because um, it's hard to think like you're just. Like people are like you get these fans or you get these these people that have all this hype about you, and you kind of don't really understand that when you're in a band. Like you just kind of like I'm just doing what I'm doing. I think I think that movie, the Motley Crue movie called Dirt on Netflix, I think it captures um, something really well. Is that how big Motley Crue really were? Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah. And the other thing it does really well is show how quickly they declined in the nineties. Yeah. Because the grunge era kicked in and they had a really cool scene yeah. where there was a picture of Pearl Jam's ten right at the end of the movie, plastered on a wall somewhere in LA. Yeah. And they were down and out Motley Crue at that yeah, point. Yeah. Like they were they knew they were fucked. Well they they kinda of glossed over that, right? It was yeah, just like they this glossed whole story over and then it was like, oh yeah, then they stayed together yeah. for twenty years. Yeah. And it was yeah. like yeah. all right, like Fair enough. Like yep. you focus on a couple of years, and then oh, they stay together for twenty yep. years. Yep. They, that was just one sentence yep. on yep. the screen. But they never got the heights that they had in the eighties. Of course, yeah. And and that was I thought that was clever that they showed a picture of Pearl's uh, 
Pearl Jam's Ten, mm. the album cover on the on the wall oh, there that in was LA, the next wave, mate. and that yeah, was what yeah. that's what killed him. But I've got a little thing for you, right? A lot of people that say this, and I agree with it, is it's not so much what the fans want, the people want that kills a particular movement like glam or, or whatever it is. Mm. It's what record companies do. Yes. So, for example, in the eighties, the glam uh, scene. The glam hair metal, whatever you want to call it. I, I intermingle it. I think it's one and the same, but that's me. I'm a layman, right? Yeah. But that movement was very big in the 80s. And then in the 90s, or actually the very late 80s, to be fair, with um, Guns N' Roses with Appetite of Destruction released in 1987, that was the beginning of the grunge or slash alternative movement, right? And that killed the glam hair metal movement. Mm. But that wasn't so much what fans wanted in terms of change it was what the record companies wanted because they could see that that was the new thing yeah that would sell more records so it's not what fans that uh, do in terms of changing movement yeah mu- mu- uh, music movements it's what the record companies do yeah right? and that's the thing that a lot of people forget you know we're talking about just before about how bands kind of changed their style and like evolve like that Back then, the record companies had everyone by the fucking balls. Yep. You know, they you, like as they even discussed in um, the dirt. Well, they still a lot do, of bands really. don't even own the rights to their uh, yep, to no. their music. Right? They still do because I, I I was watching a podcast where actually it was the Rogan podcast where Stephen Tyler was on there, and he was saying that the record companies still have artists by the yep. balls because even if you get a decent record deal, right. The record companies will suddenly say, all right, well, we'll give you a bigger percentage of your record sales, but we're going to get all the merch sales. Yeah. So yeah. every time you go to a gig and you buy a, an Aerosmith t-shirt or whatever yeah. it is, it's not going to the band. It's going to the fucking of record course, company. Yeah. I know? think it is a little bit different now. I mean, maybe not for Aerosmith because they've kind of been around for that so long. That were before the year of digital as yeah, well. Yeah. Digital's changed everything. But now, you know, at least in the, in the circle that I am a part of and the bands that I kind of know, I mean, people maybe are signed to labels, usually independent labels mm. that are really there for touring, uh, not so much involved with, uh, like, you're there, they don't have so much control over the recording process because, you know, effectively a band doesn't need as much, you know, business people now. You don't need, I mean, it helps too, but you don't need mm. a manager. You don't need a record label. Any idiot... Sorry, not idiot, but any person, I should say. I'm an idiot. Uh, okay, you, you know, can fucking yeah. and give it to Any me. person can have a laptop and yep. be able to record something pretty decent. Look at now. us. We're in our right? mum's fucking basement. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, all you need is a, a mixer, yep. uh, a laptop or, or a computer. And a little a bit of know-how, of right? And yeah, a bit of know-how. Bit of time can, on lynda.com. Yeah, you can then, you know, effectively put stuff on from Spotify. Yep. You can organize your yourself. own gigs. Yep. You can email um, venues. You can, you know, email promoters and get... And get and get gigs like that and, mm-hmm. and basically have all of the control yourself right it is more easier to do that now than in the 90s or the 80s or whatever so it is a, there is a shift i feel where bands are kind of doing their own thing a little bit more now well i can't they kind of have to to make more money don't they yeah and now there's there's no money in, in the, the money is in the touring now there's no money in um like Great, records in well yeah. like when you when yep. you record a record now it's really advertising for the tour, tour right yes. because you, you don't make any money off spotify well you that, don't make any money yeah. um or, no one's buying cds as much except for me anymore i'm yeah. a fucking old man but i had a question for you i've actually got two questions Please. for you before I, we wrap this bullshit up because i'm getting close to bust for a piss yeah my questions to you are was okay your thoughts on digital music in terms of streaming yeah right in in commercial sense and as an audiophile 
Yeah. Because I fucking hate digital music. Yeah. I do Spotify, right? Only because it's convenient for me because it's on my phone and all the rest of it. But it but sounds I, shit. But I fucking hate it, right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, and the reason why I hate it is, is one, the sound quality shit. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I don't give a fuck what you pay per month for it. It's shit, right? And they'll tell you that it's a good quality. It's fucking not, right? But I hate the fact that you don't own anything. Yeah. They, they're basically telling you, and they're going to do it in gaming as well. You don't fucking own anything anymore. Yeah. And I hate it because I used to, and I still do it. Or I am an old man. I'll go to, the, but I'm kind of pleased with what I see, but I'm also upset with what I see. Because when I go into a record store, which is mainly JB Hi-Fi now, yeah, their CDs are fucking gone, right? But yeah. the vinyls come back, and yeah. it makes me happy because it's like you know what that make people are still buying physical media, yeah, right? Vinyl definitely has come back, and big respect to Jack White, who uh, I think he owns one of the largest vinyl pressing. He bought the uh, pressing uh, in Detroit. Yes, yeah. Didn't wasn't there only at one time? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. There were only very few uh, uh, pressing in yeah. the world. Uh, in the yeah. world, I yeah. think there was one in Germany and maybe a few in uh, in the states. But Jack White loved vinyl so much he fucking bought most of them. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. they and you know what? That prick's awesome. He held the record companies at ransom. He said, you know what? You want to fucking make vinyl records, you pricks. Yeah. You can, but I'm going to charge you for the privilege of pressing vinyl on my yeah. fucking stations at you. Yeah. You fucking Sony, uh, BMI, and all the rest of you fucks. You abandoned in the fucking 90s. Because you probably won't remember this because you're, you're a lot younger than I am. But in the 90s, or actually the late 80s, they told consumers like me a big lie. They told us that CDs were the future and that CDs had better audio qualities. And that's bullshit, right? In my opinion. Because vinyl shits on CD every fucking day it does. Yes, it's got noise and yes, it's got uh, more durability issues. But if you look after your vinyl and you're aware of the, the scratching noises that you get for, through the needle, it shits on fucking yeah, there's, CDs. Yeah, there's definitely a, a warmth there that you don't get with CDs. No, CDs terrible. It's a lot warmer. There's like, it's a little fuller on the bottom end. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been busting to talk to someone like you for ages, right? And I'm really sorry if I'm sidetracking it, but I'm, I'm a bit excited now. Yeah. Is it because CDs, because it's digital, when they record in the studio, because it's digital, they can choose the bass levels or the other uh, levels of different uh, uh, channels yeah. to whatever level they want. Whereas when it's, because it's digital, but analog they can't because if they make the bass too high or whatever it is, the needle will actually jump. Yeah. So there were lim- that in the, in the uh, 70s and the 80s when vinyl was pretty much the only format, they were limited to what they could do. And so therefore the recording was actually more consistent. But in the 90s, when they started getting CDs and, they, and the record companies fucking forced CDs down our throats as consumers, they, they, the, rec- the uh, recording studios did whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. In, in the studio and that's why the sound the recordings are shit because they said alright well it's digital we can make that level of that note as high as we want the yeah. bass as deep as that and yeah they thought they were being very fucking clever but actually it was not as good as the original uh, recording on an on a, on a analog tape yeah, or definitely. something yeah, that, that, that was or, big... or am I speaking out of my ass no 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 that's very true uh, uh, tape in fact um, the, the last couple of bands that I've played in we've, we've actually tracked to tape uh, pretty much every so time an- because back on of analog that. tape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We the two point five inch tape. Or yep, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. That's right. Once you make it, once you make a mix on a on a tape, uh, you you can't adjust any levels of it. Yeah, like, that's it. It's yep. uh, you have to do a whole new mix uh, again. Yeah. So yeah, there there is definitely elements of that and tape and anal- basically. Uh, 
controversial opinion, but it, it's pretty much true. Analog is always going to sound better. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Always. And this is what blew me away. So I was ignorant. Okay, I'm not now because my eyes are wide open, motherfuckers. You fucking lied to me. You woke. Right? Yeah. I fucking yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I woke and they got broke. Way to get millennial, right? Jace. Yeah. That's Woo. right. But what happened was they said back at the audio files, I'm talking yeah. like the mid-80s, Yeah. they said we don't like CDs because they're going to do all sorts of trickery in the studios and they're going to make it artificial. Yeah, they can right? press the fuck. They can do whatever yeah. they want. And with analog, you're limited. You can't do that. That's the original. Yeah. That's as close as you're going to get. It's it's what, sta- that's what standing. the artist wants you that's to hear. That's right. That's what yeah. the artist wanted you to hear. And that's yeah. as close as you're going to get to standing in the recording but studio. But the funny thing, with yeah. the it, it gets more complicated than that because right down to the buckets you put on your head, everything changes, right? I know. So but what, if you're talking about putting beats on your head, yeah, yeah, then it, they're designed for a way that's highly compressed. Oh, beats are shit. Whereas if you go to the Sennheisers, which is what I'm a big fan yeah, of, Sennheiser's they're designed... Awesome. To sound as close to the original, you know what? As I was eyeing off a couple of Sennheiser earbuds yeah, for yeah. the for the phone. Yeah, they're five hundred bucks. They get the buckets, man. Yeah, yeah. I've got buckets, but when, when I'm at the gym, the buckets aren't really cool. You want to get like little things. Yeah, yeah but you can buy Sennheiser earbuds. So I've got I've got and sure, I've got I've got Shore earbuds. Yeah, I think I'm like that's what I used to wear. That's what I used to wear. Sure, industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to go back to what you asked earlier, which was about my opinion on digital yeah i want that i want to before we wrap it up very quickly yeah. we're running out of time yeah i want to get your thoughts on two things your thoughts on digital right and how the artist wins or loses on that and how what you think of it as a medium in terms yeah. of quality and i want to i want to get your opinion on your best gig that you've ever been to yeah. you might have already answered for it for sure right so i i think um uh, i'm going to probably sound like a bit of a politician here talking about this if you're if you're one of those in and out papers you're fucked because i'm gonna <laughs> i'm fucking gonna, I'm, i'll get angry yeah. man i can't help hey, it make australia great yeah fuck yeah. off <laughs> no I, I think um look it at, was great but you fucked it you fucking idiot yeah I, I think as a musician um i was very hesitant you know even when the ipod when i first heard about it i thought no one's going to be into this this is too weird uh, and then it kind of took off and, and I think as a consumer, um, this is the best time for, for, for being able to listen to music, right? Literally with a click of a, a couple of buttons, you, it, it, you can listen to whatever you want, but on the flip side, um, I think firstly, uh, it's oversaturated, yes. right? There is just too much shit being thrown in your face. You know, when you go to Spotify, there's all this fucking shit. Well, how do you compete as an artist? When, well, you, when it, you've got so much shit on the storefront, it, it, you know? it sucks because it becomes a little bit less about the music and more about um, like your presence on social media. Yes. Uh, you know, I've applied for festivals. I've worked at festivals and really the only thing they, they don't really care as much about how you are as a band, more about, oh, are these people uh are they like quirky enough on social media are yeah, they fucking, are they gonna bring like people yeah. to the gig like that's really that's another fucking nail in the coffin for me when it comes to social media yeah. i can't stand it i fucking can't if stand you wonder it. why we don't get a lot of listeners no because yeah, yeah. i said to him don't fucking give me the yeah. responsibility of putting shit on facebook or any of that. Yeah. i fucking can't stand yeah. it because it's bullshit the whole yeah the whole it's artificial thing. it's artificial yeah. Yeah. yeah so i think that it becomes a little bit um, uh, superficial in terms of real the bands um, that are 
maybe that a lot of people are into, but they're not really like that innovative musically. I mean, if you listen to a lot of pop, a lot of pop and and this kind of especially this mumble rap oh, uh, thing right, now and like pop, like it's really not that inventive or creative. But it's you, you know the the mumble rapper has got fucking rainbow teeth mm. and like some kind of weird fucking he's got the shit grills or whatever, and it becomes a bit of like that type of thing, right? Whereas you know, I guess back in the day, it was a bit more focused on the music rather than rather than how quirky are you, how you know all this like weird well, shit. It, it, but the yeah. other thing that that kind of sucks now is that everyone has a, a ridiculously short attention span. Yes. So that means that there is less importance on an album. Yes. Right? I was going to ask you that. Yeah. And it's There's, all about the single. It's all about the singles because okay. people, it's like, okay, cool. Like yep. they, they, they listen to the shit out of a single. They'll fucking play it 50 yep. times on repeat. Then they, then now it's on, on to the next thing that they can just yep. play the shit so out of. So the question right? I got for you is, yeah. right? It, just hold that thought for two seconds. Of course. An album like Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, yep. if it was released today, would flop. Because that album is a concept album. You need to listen to it from the start Exactly. You need to listen to it from the start to the finish. Pretty much anything. And there's probably maybe two tracks on there that ever went to the radio. And that was Us and Them and Money. Yeah. Right? The rest of it, the rest of it, people would go, what? Fuck off. Right? Yeah. So that album today would, would, would not fly. And does that mean that artists today are not willing to take the risks and release concept albums? I think, I think it's less common. I think it's less common. You know, it's about the the short term thing. How can basically what is the hook that I can get people uh, into and then feed them more singles and EPs and, and yep. it's very very it's a very short minded thing now. You know, it's about people are thinking in the next couple of months rather than the next year. Well, that's planning. That, that's why right? the because old that's how quick it can change for a band. Yeah, that's why I remember when I, when I was ki- a kid. You know, and Dad would say, "Oh." all this shit you're listening to now, who will remember that in 20 years, you know? Like yeah. the Beatles, everyone will remember the Beatles in the next 50, you know, 60 yeah. years. That's and true. it was kind of true, yeah. right? I mean, Nirvana's an exception to that rule. We talked about that at the, at the start of the yeah. show where I said, well, yeah, Nirvana's great, but I think there are better bands than them. But you know yeah. what? You can't argue that it, when, you, when you put on teen like, uh, yeah. Smell Like Teen Spirit or uh, Come As You Are or whatever it else is that they released, you go, you know what? That was recorded in 1991. Fuck me, that's been a, that's a long time. That's 27, yeah. 28 years ago. But mm-hmm. it's still relevant, yeah. you fucks. Yeah. Right? And so now when I listen to shit, I couldn't even tell you now. I fucking couldn't tell you a single brand new band in that's the out 40. there now that's in the top 40 or whatever it is. And when I was a kid, I watched Countdown fucking religiously 6 o'clock every Sunday night. And Rage. And Rage every morning, <laughs> Right. But Countdown, I'd watch it Sunday night because I'd watch the top five or top ten in each, mm-hmm. like UK, Australia, and the US, and I knew every fucking band and I knew every singer, right? Yeah. And I watch Rage, same thing. Now I watch Rage, I'm like, what the fuck's this shit? You know? And yeah. I know I'm an old man, and I know that I'm the exception to the rule. When I go into JB Hi-Fi and I go, I want to buy an album, you fuck. Yeah. You know? And I go into the CD section because I don't necessarily want to buy it on vinyl or I can't yeah. find the vinyl. You know, I'd always buy vinyl over CD. But I'm the exception to the rule. Yeah, you know, and that's unfortunate. You know, unfortunately, um, bands kind of rely on the younger uh, they do. sort of people to yep. like you know sustain them. Yep. And you have to almost fit like you know I, I've played in I've had meetings with bands now where where and it, it it kills me a little bit. But you know we've had to try to think how can we try to make it viral? How can we make it yep. you know that quick little like thing? Well, it's the same as us with this bullshit podcast. We were talking about it before. We're like, well. 
if we want to get more success, we've got to get better at social media. And yeah. I fucking hate this shit. That's you know the way. I mean? like, that's the way. That's yeah, the way that's the, the future. So yeah. you know, I need to. We need to promote it's ourselves. It's like Vine. You know, when Vine was like that little video platform was hugely popular. The the videos. This is how short a t- attention span everyone was. It was six seconds. There were only six second yep. videos, and all of these people made it viral yep. and shit through there. And mm. that's that's the kind of medium that 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 effectively as a band your fans or, or the potential fans are going to be Which using. is sad, man, because... The Snapchats, the Instagrams, yep, yep. Um, you know, the, the stories, yep. uh, all of the all of that sort of I shit. I mean, it, it's... Instant gratification. It's sad because, dial. I mean, I... Look, I, I can see it... I can see it turning a corner a little bit because I can see a lot of young kids that are in bands now, they're going through their parents' uh, record collection or CD collection, and they're picking up albums like Alice in Chains albums, and they're picking up... Nirvana albums and they're inspired by. You're just that. speaking and about my son, yeah, really. No, no, I'm, no, it's not just your kids. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. a lot of kids There's are like that, right? Yeah, and yeah. they're and they're like, this is because you know what they're saying. What they play on the mainstream uh, radio stations is shit. It yep. is shit. There's no. They've got no fucking talent. There's well, no. There's no. Well, they want. There's the majority of it is actually not real instruments. No, it's, it's shit. It's, it's done right? in. It's done in. It's you'll shit. be very surprised. I I worked at a festival uh, recently uh, that had a lot of bands that were were playing there, and um, this was actually probably one of the better festivals. But the first half was pretty much one instrument like a guitar oh, or whatever and then a laptop oh, uh, kill me. and like that was pretty much it right kill me it's over for, and me. then luckily i'm very happy to state that this festival the, the headlining bands were all bands and yeah. they were like pretty much kind of rock indie type of cool. stuff but it is very common now to be at a festival and to see a lot of the bands playing with a laptop or a spd or a sampler pad and like a vocalist or one and instrument. you know what? I'm not against technology and music no, I'm, like, not, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a fan of the well, diff- that's, I know you are with your drum triggers well, and stuff yeah, like that I'll throw a genre at you like industrial metal yeah I've talked about them many times I've talked about Stabbing Westwood we yep. talked about Nine Inch Nails yep industrial metal they relied on technology for some of their, their sound tool right? classic example tool's another example yeah. right but you know what's really sad is is that when I look about we talk about festivals and I really want to get to the last dying question I've got for, for Nuke and Neil, and that is is that the festivals are basically dead now because they cancelled and I'm talking the ones that I'm into you know what I reckon there's, a, there's about, a whole topic I, we could go on I don't about. think so I think yeah. the, the festival thing it, it's still big it, there's obviously a lot of controversy right now with especially the New South Wales government and festivals but it's become less about the music and more about being seen and like the posts on Instagram and that sort of shit. It's, it's, it's troubling now that more people I think are interested in, Oh, I'm going to this festival. I'm going to take some drugs, um, and just get fucked up and then be able to post on Instagram. I'll tell you something. My old man, he had a fucking cracking idea and I don't, I actually think it's a great idea. Right. He said they should have festivals, but you know what? They should legalize drugs. And, and you know what they do? They have a fucking store there and they say, here's all your drugs and they police it. So yeah. everyone, so, so nine times out of ten, they know what kids are on, so they're ready for it. Rather than saying, you know what? Did you? Could you I believe, agree. I agree. Yeah, with yeah, legalization I, couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the old yeah. man said it, but he fucking did. He said, you know what? Because they're going to take it anyway. But you don't know what they've taken, and so yeah. when they fucking collapse, they don't know what they're on. But if yeah. they know they can go get drugs and get high at the fucking festival, they'll just take whatever offered at the festival. Why is that a big deal? It's not a big fucking. I'm telling deal. you, now, legalization but I go back to my is the point, way and I want to finish yeah. this up because I'm getting busting for a piss. And that is, is that in my day, you had 
things like the big day out and then you got yeah. Soundwave, right? Yep. Yep. And I'll I'll tell you some of the highlights I saw at these festivals. I did see Nirvana, I saw fucking Screaming Trees. Pearl Jam many I, I, times. Pearl Jam many times, but not at a festival, at an entertainment centre I saw them. Yep. I did see Metallica and I saw them at the entertainment centre and I didn't like them because the entertainment centre is shit. The old one. And they knocked it down. Good yeah. fuck off. The acoustics were shit in it. And I won't fucking shit a no. tear for it. Fucking go fuck it itself. A fucking shit and I you. saw at Soundwave Bands I never thought I'd ever see ever again, yeah. but they did come out. Filter. I saw Filter. Filter Amazing. How good were they? I saw yeah, Jane's yeah, Addiction, cool. the original Sweet. lineup with Jane's Addiction. They came out. They were they fucking, fucking hate each other, but that's bizarre. They hated right? each other, and <laughs> yeah. it was a bit weird on stage, but it was a fucking <laughs> awesome gig, right? Yeah. I saw fucking um, uh, Faith No More many, many nice. times. Very in cool. fact, Faith No More in 1997, I'll get, I'll get to that, this now. It was 98. No, it was 97. Was yes, because I've got the fucking T-shirt on the back yeah, okay. of 97, and I've still got it, and it's got moth-eating fucking holes in it. The, the king, and I got king, a, king for a and day. And I got a stapler. No, it's not the King for a Day. It's the Album of the Year tour, you fuck. And I got a stapler, and I stapled the fucking <laughs> sleeves up because it's all falling apart. And if you don't believe me, next time I see you, I'll bring the fucking T-shirt in. But I went to that gig. I think I can I, see the piss coming out of your forehead I'm right funny, now. It's funny because I'm. Fu- he knows I'm winding you yeah, up. Well, yeah, well, fucking yeah. don't, right? <laughs> and I fucking... That was the greatest gig I ever went to right because I actually remember saying Pedro came with me to that gig and I said listen this will be the last time we ever see him and about five or about ten of us went in to see them this was at the Horton Mm. and this was the this was the album of the year tour right and album of the year is not my favourite Faith No More album I think that's what it started with I remember the first song yeah they did that but what I'm saying is is that that was an amazing album um, uh, gig but right at the end of it, they put the lights on, and so everyone thought that they were going to end the, the gig. So people yeah. started leaving. And just as the people were starting le- started to leave, the Horden, you wouldn't believe it, I ran into a fucking teacher I had at fucking school. Nice. She was a, she was a maths teacher mm-hmm. at our high school. And I couldn't believe it she was there. And I said, oh, hello, Mrs. Such and Such. I, what are you doing here? She goes, oh, I'm a Big Faith No More fan. It was a cracker because the last time I saw her, she was mopping spew up off of this kid at a fucking 18th birthday party. She somehow came to. It was a bit of a yeah, weird, right. bit of a weird situation. Yeah, back, but back I remember saying, I remember saying to all the the guys that I was with, I'm like, look, I'm hearing rumours that what's happened is they put the lights on and the crowd leaves, and Mike Patton comes back out on stage and he does something because there was rumours he comes out on stage and he does weird shit like yeah. he talks to the crowd. And one time he came out with a, a toast uh, a, a toast maker and he made toasted cheese sandwiches yeah, on right. the stage. That's no Fuck. bullshit, right? And so I said, let's just hang around for a bit because I've heard that this ru- this rumor, yeah. right? And there's so many people leaving the, the, the venue anyway. Mm. Who gives a fuck? Let's just hang around for a bit and soak up because it was an awesome gig. Was yeah. And gig. no bullshit. Five minutes after I said that, the lights went off and they all came back out on stage and they did This Guy's In Love With You. Right, which is a Burke Bacharach and fucking they re- cover. They, they recorded it. They recorded it's, it's it. Awesome. It's on the album. It's on the it's on their best of album. That's they recorded amazing. it. It was a bullshit, but what it was a bit irresponsible, and it wouldn't happen today. I'm telling you now, because what happened was people go, "Oh fuck, they're back on stage." And they came and cramming. They, they back crushed. In. There were people getting crushed because everyone was coming back in the venue, oh. and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, it was chaos." And because you know how people get like uh, cups and they throw them on the floor. Yeah, yeah. People are tripping over fucking cups and yeah. tripping over. Uh, 
uh, spilled water waters. And and, oh, it was a fucking chaos, mate. I'm telling you. But it was awesome. It's one of my favorite gigs I've ever been to, you know. And I saw them. And Filter is a band. Have you, have you heard of Filter? Yeah, yeah, of course. Filter came out in 2010 and they did the Soundwave tour. That was a great yeah, right? gig, man. And I never thought I'd ever see Filter ever, ever, ever. And they came out and they were bullshit. They're unbelievable. <laughs> they decided, like all bands decide, that they'll do their latest album. Mm-hmm. Right, and he did a he did a couple. Uh, Richard Patrick, the lead singer, the, and they wasn't the original lineup either. So no, they're, they're, so they're, filter, they're, they're a, filter no, a rotating right. lineup. They were yeah. a rotating lineup, but the yeah. lineup they had was the lineup from the last album they released, which is a year or four before this gig. And what the problem was was the album they just released was shit. The album before that was called Trouble with Angels, released in 2010, and it was fucking bullshit. It was an awesome tearing album and they released this other album and it was shit and so what they decided to do was do more stuff of their new album and it didn't go over well at all and people got the shits and i think they got the vibe on it because they did two tracks from this new it was so lame that even richard patrick goes isn't that relaxing on a nice summer's day and someone went we don't want your fucking relaxing bullshit we want fucking filter you know we want you to rip your your vocal cords out and so what happened was they, as soon as they did that, they did "Hey, um, Hey Man, Nice Shot," and I'm telling you now, you know when that's um, a crack. You know when he comes down, he goes, "Hey Man," yeah. his vocals were wicked, and I, that was one of the Mate, best. Short, Short Bus is my favorite album. Short Bus is a great album, and they did a lot. They then they picked up on the vibe that people wanted to hear more stuff off Short Bus, and also off um, uh, the second album. No, uh, no filter. Fil- uh, no, which no was uh, no the no title album. I can't remember it. Hmm. And that had Captain Bly on it. It had Take My Picture. It had all that shit. And he they started doing the, the older stuff because the, when they first came out on stage, it was a bit of a fluff. Mm. They they were doing new shit, and everyone's like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, <laughs> we never thought you'd come back again. You. Oh, you got to do that. Sorry, it's a Super Mario. <laughs> and, and you're doing this new he shit. He didn't even notice. That's the first one. Is it? That's, That's the, the first, first one. one. I've been yeah. pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it took you yeah. two hours. Yeah. And Jane's Addiction were awesome, but that was a weird gig yeah. too because that was a Dave Navarro, oh, Harry yeah. Farrell loving, yeah. right? And the and the uh, bass player, I think his name's Avery, something Avery, and they excluded him. And so after the gig, and they 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 tore it up. They uh. uh Dave Navarro and, and Perry Farrell started hugging each other and they'll patting each other on the back like how awesome are we? Yeah. And the bass player fucked off, and you knew something they was wrong. Each other. Yeah. And within two days, I get a phone call from a, a friend of ours. He says, "Guess what? They're broken up again." Because that was so obvious they weren't. Yeah, yeah. They weren't cool. Yeah. You know. And Stone yeah. Temple Pilots were awesome. I saw Red them band, at fucking yeah. um, at uh, the Metro. The Metro is the best. That was nice. a great, yeah. pl- great. So, menu. what's your top gig? Okay, so I and think we'll end this fucking. Yeah. Day. Okay. My my top gig actually was the only gig that I've ever slept the night out anywhere to get a ticket for. This is kind of just before the internet ticket sales mm-hmm. took off. Uh, so this would have been kind of two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. It was uh, Rage Against the Machine when they oh, reunited. Oh, so Big Day Out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they played at the Entertainment Center, yep. actually. Yep. I remember sleeping the night out and getting diarrhea. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I drank too much um, diet diet peach iced tea. Uh, got diarrhea. That's yeah. not a great feeling no. uh, when you're sleeping, sleeping the night out, out um, yeah. in a sleeping bag They're at the Entertainment awesome, Center. They were an awesome But it was band, so man. worth it. Yeah. It, uh, it was... It was when they reunited. Um, I remember I I wore a I made my own T-shirt for that gig. Mm. It said I heart Brad Wilk, who's yep. the drummer. The drummer. Um, yep. But it was funny because it was actually Maynard 
um, who who wore that uh, same shirt at a, a David Letterman uh, appearance mm. when he played with the Perfect Circle. And I remember yeah. I was getting the shit beaten out of me yeah. uh, by some a very homophobic um, uh, people. I remember in the city, they kind of chased me around a little bit. It was a weird, Shh. weird day. Uh, yeah. I actually, I even got to the, the to the uh, venue, mm. realized I left my tickets back at home, so Fuck. I called my, told my brother to line up. It was fucked up. It was a weird day. Went home, got the tickets, came back, almost got beaten up. That's cool. <laughs> Best day of my life seeing Rage Against the Machine. They're one of my all-time favorite yeah. bands. I saw them. And it was amazing. We I saw them a big I day. I saw them dig... It was the, Might have been uh, that same... Was, oh, no, that would have been in no, the this was in No, this was 1996. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how old I am, yeah. right? And it was the Evil Empire tour. Oh, and they great. came out, yeah. they came out, they just fucking, uh, what's his name? De La Roche. What's uh, his name? Zach. Zach De La Roche. He came out on stage, running on stage to do uh, People of the Sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fuck, it was awesome. And, and I love I love Rage Against Machine. Yeah. But have you heard Prophets of Rage? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the, uh, the new kind of yeah, with the yeah. hip hop bit yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. So that was that was definitely a, uh, a, a definitely one of the biggest highlights. I remember mm. there, especially at that time, one of my biggest favorite bands. It was they just delivered it to a, to a perfection. Yeah, they were awesome. They yeah. Rage Against the Machine. There's a, actually a really cool uh, Triple J like a version. Uh, Michael McGlynn, who is the uh, producer and owner of Vienna People Studios, which I, I work out of sometimes. Mm. Uh, he played on it um, just re- just recently with a whole bunch of other um, awesome musicians. So check it out if anyone's yeah, we'll anyone's check listening. Yeah. I said while we're at it, will we almost finish this bullshit podcast because I'm fucking busting. I'm gonna make it for a piss. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Before you go, where can we find you? Where can we find you? But I want to ask you one last question. You can Neil. Yes. What was your worst gig you ever went to? Oh, probably one. What was the one that just you went? Oh, what the fuck is this shit? Morrissey was up there. No, well, okay. I'm just gonna say about (laughs) Morrissey. No, it wasn't. It was disappointing only because preach. There was no, no, that wasn't this. My worst. I'll tell you my worst gig ever. Yes, you fuck. Now let me finish off the Morrissey one. Morrissey was awesome. This is 2012. The problem with Morrissey, whenever I see him, I want to see the Smiths. Right? I love the Smiths. Yeah. Right? And I like Morrissey. You want to go home depressed. I want to go home depressed. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And Morrissey was a little bit preachy. He certainly was when he put up images Meet of cows. Get, when he did meet his murder from the Smiths and there were cattle being herded into, a- herded an, into an abattoir. Jesus. This, I'm, this is at the end more. New Canal. Holy, Holy fuck, the place went red. I'm not kidding you. He put up images of cows getting slaughtered fuck. for Meter's Murder, which is a Smith song, right? Yeah. Off the album Meter's Murder. And the cows are being, this is images of cows being herded into a, a pen. They're being butchered. And the red floodlights went on. The whole M went red and everyone went, what oh. the fuck? But that wasn't disappointing. The disappointing gig was fucking live in 1997 for Secret the Secret Samadhi tour. Yeah. And the fucking whole gig. Ed Kowalski or whatever his name is just started preaching about we all need to love each other and we all need to fucking get in touch uh, with the universe. And I'm like, I don't need to get in touch with the universe, you fuck. I paid 100 bucks tickets for this bullshit fucking bullshit gig you're doing, you fuck. I ha- I didn't like live after that. They were fucking dead to me. You know what I mean? I just thought of another gig that was a bit... Oh, the one of the best gigs I've ever had. And I'll, I'm going to shut up now. Was fucking massive, uh, massive attack. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Massive attack in 2010 at the Opera House. It was an open uh, arena, mm-hmm. and they had all these images, like uh, 
holographic images on the screen at the near the opera house at the foothills of the opera house yeah it was a fucking amazing tour and they did a lot of stuff from blue lines which is a classic album you heard of blue lines no oh fuck you got some homework okay. to do and you can okay. i want you to, you got some homework i do so yeah. what's your homework have you written on that <laughs> <bullshit? I have. laughs> screaming trees screaming trees screaming trees Massive Attack, Blue Lines. Blue Lines. And I'll give you some more homework when we're finished with this bullshit podcast. All right. Now, Blue Lines is a fucking classic album by Massive Attack, right? And that gig was probably one of the most surprising gigs I've ever had. So what was your disappointment one? I'd probably say, I forget if it was Big Day Out or Soundwave. I think it was Soundwave. Uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, his set... He's hot and cold from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. he did not give a fuck at yep. all. He, I he, heard he's hot and I think cold. He, he ended uh, his set like 20 minutes. I mean, the sound the sound wave sets aren't that long anyway, maybe 40 minutes. Mm. He ended it 20 minutes early. He just disappeared, didn't come back. Yep. It, 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 he was just not interested at yeah, all. Yeah, I heard he's... And, a- you know, obviously, like I was saying earlier, you know, I was such a huge... Marilyn Manson fan as a, as a compound the disappointment and, and just, yeah. yeah like just to see him like not care at all yeah. about, about anyone I heard he's a bit weird shit. like that and yeah. unfortunately I heard back in the day too Allison Chains with Lane Staley when he was really in the heroin he was hot and cold too yeah and apparently a lot of people that did see him that I know personally that I know that did see Allison Chains with Lane Staley back in the day said they weren't great yeah because they were too off on mm-hmm. the drugs but I have seen them since with the new lead singer mm. William. Def, not William Defoe, William, whatever it is. Yeah. He's not, they're not bad. But I'll tell you who is William good. William Defoe. I, no, it's not <laughs> William Defoe. He's the actor, but it's William, <laughs> it's William something. Yeah. It's going to shit me now, but he's getting it so fucked. If we Google it, we'll be 100 years old by the time the result comes yeah, up. Yeah. But I've been there. He's very good live was Incubus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Incubus were excellent. Cool. Brand, yeah, Brandon yeah. Boyd has got excellent vocals, and that prick's underrated too, I think, for vocals. Yeah. He's fantastic, Brandon Boyd. For vocals, I'm fucking spent. That's done. Let's Are call you it. Spent? All right. I'm done. Are you spent, Nukanil? Man, I've spent all of my money. <laughs> Where can we find you? Do you okay. want to plug anything? Yes, plug. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at no Neils, uh, like the No Homers Club. <laughs> so it is at n o n e e l s. Uh, I've actually got a great week of gigs coming up. So next week, uh, I am playing a. a EP launch at Lazy Bones with uh, a great band called Dinosaurus Rex. Uh, not like Dinosaur Junior. That were fucking no, awesome. Not like them. Have I, you heard Dinosaur I have, Junior? Yeah, yeah, slightly different vibe. They're fucking uh, awesome. And also, we've got a great gig coming up on Friday at Hideaway Bar. Uh, this is to support Fangs, and the band I'm playing with is X Cassette. Uh, so that is next week. Otherwise, you can find me also playing with Dan Romeo. Mm-hmm. And Liam Gale and the Ponytails. I'm yep. spent. You spent, Nukanil? I'm spent. Jason, spent. relaxation, you spent? I'm spent. We're done. Nukanil, thank you very much for being part of this. Jason, Thanks relaxation, for... thank you for being, being part of it. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, Please I'll... come again. Oh, mate, I, I That's will. What That's said. not a racial slur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the quickie, Mutt. Hey, I, yeah. I didn't fucking say anything about well, Apu. Well, Apu is he, he's gone now, right? Is he, oh, oh yes, he? he did. Yeah. We didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, but no, what, what, we'll come back to it another time, maybe. Oh, fuck. All right, we'll have to come back to it. Yeah. Part two. 
I'm, I need to piss. I'm, I need to I'm, piss I'm badly. Desperate. Thank you for being part of it. Thanks, you can guys. Meal. It's been awesome. Thank you, Jason. Relaxation. I've been retro again, as always. This has been Invert the Why. I'm sorry I ranted about gigs from the 90s and the 80s. I can't help it. I've been doing this shit since then. The 80s and the 90s is a rabbit hole I can't get out of. It's something I've got to improve <laughs> on like everything else in my bullshit life. Like the fucking stinky cat that's going to piss and shit on me because I left him all alone and I didn't let him out of the house now. And he's going to give me a look like you're a fucking prick. And I am. <laughs> interdimensional aliens and it's been interdimensional aliens invert the wire episode 12.1.59 until next time you can roll it you fucking monkeys